Yeah, that absolutely sucked, mate. I've never, I haven't really spoken about it that much. Straight out the lab. Today, I get to speak with a humble giant, a man who is on the chase to become one of the world's strongest to ever do it. A fellow Welshman who is now being recognized as a potential prospect to becoming the world's strongest man. We have a lot in common and a lot in connection with our upbringing in Wales, competitive rugby, boxing, and athleticism. And we talk about the haunting life events along with his incredible accomplishments that ultimately drove him to win both the Wales Strongest Man title along with the UK's Strongest Man title two years in a row. Here's an episode with a man they call the Bull, Gavin Bilton. Straight up the lad, joined today by a fellow Welshman, Gavin Bilton, the Bull, the Welsh Bull. Welcome. How's it, how's it going? There? Straight up the lad, my friend. Oh, this is amazing. Thank you very much. Great yeah. setup. Yeah, thank you. We, we actually done it just for you, to be honest. I thought so. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we are in Vegas, my home stomping ground. Yeah. You're on a, a little vacation with the missus, right? Yeah, come across seven days. Just have a little break. Nice. We've been here twice before, so it's the third time. Once for the honeymoon, that's the only thing I picked at the wedding as well, mind. And once again, just as a holiday, we like this place. Vegas has got great connection to this the 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 land of sports here. We've got yeah. it's H- HQ for UFC, boxing, yeah. and potentially in the future maybe a strongman event. Well, someone mentioned that the other day, and uh, went for some food in one of the hotels. I actually talked to the wife about it. I said, "Why did they? Why didn't someone bring someone out here?" I know. These people would love it. The people in Vegas would absolutely love it because it's... You've watched The Strongman Show. You've been to The World's Strongest Man. It is intense. Yeah. Yeah, I just think, why not? And I know. Someone would snap it up if you did it. Yeah, yeah. The weather, the tourism, I think everything has got such an appeal to Vegas. Obviously, like you said, you've been here before yeah. on your honeymoon and now you're here on, on a vacation. You said the first time in, in four years since since you've been and taken any vacation because of all the... Yeah. Everything that's gone on, right? Yeah, I think... Everyone had their ass kicked when the virus landed. Mm-hmm. And I think I, like myself, myself and like a lot of people, thought they'd be blown away in a few weeks. But four years later, we're still seeing the effects of it. And we couldn't travel. Gemma, the wife, my wife is a nurse. She works in A&E, the Gwent. Yeah, everyone got hit hard, but the NHS got absolutely rocked. So mm-hmm. we haven't been able to have a break at all. And I just thought when everything started clearing up, and I compete a lot as well, just like Flex, it's, it becomes your life. And you can't take any time away. You can't go out for food. You can't drink or nothing. So... When there was a little small gap, I said, let's go back to Vegas. And I thought, mm-hmm. just, the people out here are amazing. So happy, don't get that back. Wales are lovely, and the little village I live in is great, but everyone's so happy, and I just love that positivity. That's how I try and run my life, is just be positive. And everywhere you just go, with this, just happy people, so. And the weather's not too bad either. The weather is great. Obviously, I, I've made that move myself, not to, you know, twist the arm, but there's a little Welsh piece of home here in Las Vegas for you when you're ready to make that jump, mate. But nonetheless, yeah. I think that you are in a, a, a great position. Obviously, I, I want to get into the nitty-gritty and for everybody who is thinking, who the hell do you have on the Couch Flex? I have a lot of different people here and yeah. I love bringing people on, especially now with the season two, that have very unique stories and have, have truly conquered, conquered or conquering their sport or X, fill in the gaps, right? Yeah. And you're one of these guys. I would say um, we've seen each other, if I met each other first time in, in Myrtle Beach, the, the world's strongest yeah, man. Yeah. Um, I was blown away by the sheer size of you. <laughs> what are you, six, six, six? What are you? Six, six, but I'm the shortest of three brothers, mind. Really? There's, I have two brothers who are two to- taller than me. 
And my sister's six foot four as well. So I was going to get into the family stuff, yeah. but so, wait, you're the, so you're the little bro. Yeah, I'm not little no more, but I'm the, <laughs> yeah, I got, Stephen and Michael are both taller than me. Yeah, so so yeah. is anybody else interested in a strong man in your family, or you're the, the black sheep? Just, I'm the only one, mate. Yeah, they, they love it, they support me, my father used to watch like Jeff Capes, yeah. and obviously Gary Taylor, likes of him, Bill Kazmaier, but I'm the only one who does it. Yeah. What are you weighing right now, in pounds, for the viewers, for the American viewers? I know in stones, but... Yeah, they have to mess it up. What is they? it? Um, just shy of 400. I'm about three 390 something. 390. I'm sure that's right. I'm 170 yeah. odd kilograms. So that's probably what? Just shy of 28 stone? 28 stone, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think it's like 100 mid 170s in yeah, kilos. It's got to be somewhere around there, I think. See, like, we yeah. got to tick all the boxes. UK gets the stones. Yeah. yeah. Europe get the kilos. <laughs> and the US now can get the pounds. So, yeah. so you said 400 pounds? Yeah, 400 pounds. Just, yeah, give or take. I'm, I'm not over that. But, yeah. Um, I used to be a lot heavier, man. I was going to say, you, this, I view this as a slim version for you. Yeah. I don't even say you're slim, it's a horrible fucking word. What the yeah. fuck did I say that? You can't say slim at all. No, this is a dieted down <laughs> version of you. Yeah, this is the uh, streamlined lean version. I was 33 stone at my heaviest when I, when I first started. When I, I left the army, I doubled my body weight. I was 100 kilos playing rugby in really good shape. Um, and then for some reason, I just thought it was the way to go. I think, mm. bigger was, I think it's because... Eddie Hollenthor and Brian Shaw, Constantine Janasha, they just looked massive. And our finals in 2017, I think I know, was, you know if people, didn't, I think it was the heaviest mm-hmm. lineup. And I thought it was the way to go. So when I started, I thought let's get heavy, and I, I went for it. Went for it. I, I just yeah. had uh, that information thrown to me. 462 pounds, my friend. Yeah, they weighed me like so. You know the kit the, when they take to the wheels. I got taken to the boneyard yep. where you test the kit. And Gregor Edmondson texted me and said, come to the yard, we want to weigh you. And I thought everyone had to get weighed. It was just so the kit men could see that I weighed as much as I said I would. And they put me on like the scales like a prize bowl. And it was 460-something pounds, yeah. yeah I, was, I was just very unhealthy, mate. But I thought it was the way to go because I've got. Yeah. I was getting, I've never been that strong. But I'm stronger now and I'm like six stone, five stone like that. And, yeah, just, it's not a good way to be, mate. So we can go in so many different directions. You know, you've mentioned military, you mentioned rugby. You mentioned health being that big. So since this is the topic and we're coming in hot from the top, your biggest, you said that wasn't beneficial for strongman. No, mate. The sport has evolved so much. And I think I started at the end of like the juggernauts. Yeah, there's still some big guys around like myself. But it's not good to be that sport, mate. You can't function properly. Statically, I was okay. Then as soon as you asked me to move around, I couldn't do it. I always thought being in the army for so long, playing rugby for so long, boxing for a bit, I always thought, oh, I'll keep that fitness level. It wasn't the case, mate. It was like as if I had bubblegum stuck to my shoes. I like couldn't move. And, and I was like, oh, never mind. I'll just make up the points on another event. But then I was gassed. I didn't have, I was strong, but I couldn't put the power down. Mm. And it took me, it, it took something big to happen before I, I had to back off. Otherwise, it could have been a lot worse. But I couldn't function, mate. I was not a good athlete at all. In, in any walk of life. So, like, struggling to walk upstairs and shit like that, mate. It was bad. So, what was the big thing that changed your trajectory on, on, on this change? I think most people know now. I had a heart attack. Yeah, myocardial infarction. So, it's where the heart works way too hard. And I just give out. I was up in Glasgow doing a show. This was two years ago. I thought I'd rip my pec. so much pain, I thought I'd tore my pec off. I'm a very good friend, Simon Hammett, who I run the gym with, was next to me. Said it looks green. You run off, got the doctor, and then I was blue lighted to the Golden Jubilee Hospital. And I spent five days in intensive care. They thought it was a mistake. The nurse came to speak to me because I was thirty-two at the time. 
she thought they made a mistake. She thought they missed out 40 years. Like she's, you're the youngest patient I've ever worked on this ward. Wow. And I was the youngest by about 40 years. And she was like, it's a joke. She was straight to the point, and so was the doctor. And, they, and he said, your career's over. He said that you're done. Because they thought they were going to have to stent. So I went down the following day, angiogram with a cut the artery, and pushed the tube in. No stent needed, so I was okay. It took me 10 months to recover. I couldn't compete, couldn't do nothing. And then I went through every single test you can think of. We went to go private, just to not speed up the progress, but yeah, I did it done fast to get competing again. And I, I'm good to go, mate. So I always believe there's a reason. Things happen. I'm, in my mind, it was meant to happen then. It was meant to happen the last show. It was meant to happen when I was at my heaviest. And it, it made me this athlete. And someone asked me before, would you, have, would you change something? I was like, no, I wouldn't change it because it's made me this athlete. I work harder than I ever have before. I'm grateful that I know that it can be like, it's done like that. If you get what I mean, it's over like that. Yeah, I'm just saying I'm happy because I didn't have, see my family the way they were and see my wife break down when I was all fucked up. Yeah, but yeah, it happens, mate, and I'm here. So it's got to be a reason. Yeah. That's to be a reason why I'm here. Have you had any long-term consequences from that situation happening? The scar on the heart. There's like scar tissue that will never go, or dead cells in the heart. Mm. There's three patches of it, something like that the guy was saying. The wife knows a lot more than I do. So every time we spoke to a doctor, I couldn't, it's like, the, Gemma, Gemma knew more than I did. Mm. And yeah, it was hard because they'd say all the technical terms. I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. Oh, I'll be back in the gym. He was like, no, you are not. So for a long time. And it took me, yeah, 10 months to fully recover. And that show you were competing in, what was that show at the time? What was that? The World Tour Finals. So it was to qualify for the Worlds like the following year. Yeah. And two weeks before I collapsed at Europe's Strongest Man, I was carrying, like, doing the car walk, I think over 460 kilos. So well over a thousand pounds. I just dropped, boom, on the floor. I felt pains in my heart, like my chest then, but I thought, oh, I was like, just get up off the floor. And I, I thought it was on the ceiling. I, everything was just spinning around. And so I had to pull up the show. And then two weeks later, I went to Glasgow and bang. <laughs> I think I was in a good position. I, I was down to get on the podium as well. And I was like, Doc was like, you ain't going nowhere, mate. <laughs> they put all this stuff on me, sprayed something, injected me with something. I started throwing up. And then he was like, you're having a heart attack right now. I was like, oh, cool. And then, uh, oof, straight to the hospital. What'd that feel like? Horrible. It's weird. It was just like a numb. I was just like numb. Like it was just, and then I thought someone was squeezing me. They said my jaw was locking up. The vomiting was bad. Nosebleeds. It was just. I think it was the pressure of the shows as well. I'd done so many shows that year. I think I was on like twelve or thirteen wow, shows. That's a lot of shows, Gav. I was just trying to. I was just trying to. If I look back, it wasn't good, mate. Like yeah. my body took a hammering. Like couldn't eat properly because just my body wasn't responding to training. Couldn't sleep. Terrible moves all the time, and then. Yeah, I got, my, I got my ass whooped, mate. But it made me a better man. It made me a better athlete. And I don't mind talking about it, but yeah, I think you have to go through certain things in life to to mould you into who you're supposed to be. And I think going through, you, you've gone through stuff as well. You know you have. And it just makes you that maybe a little bit harder and just directs you. It was meant to happen. I know yeah. I keep saying it, but I always believe there's a path. There's something laid out for you and you never make the wrong decision. You always make the right decision, if that makes sense. You might think it's wrong at the time, but when you've got something that you want to get done, like I believe I'll be the world's strongest man. So it was directing me towards that. So it was meant to happen. So with that, with that happening, the brakes were hit. Oof. You're in hospital. You've gone from being a mountain of a man, strength, to now being bedridden, can't do this, doctor yeah. being seen, you can't get back to the gym. Take us, the viewers, back to what it was like to get back when you got cleared for the first time. I was, it, the road was hard, man. I didn't know when I got told. Two different doctors told me as well, mind I couldn't do it. So the surgeon said he didn't need to do surgery. And there was a doctor down in Swansea, Santa Maria, said you're done. He was like, he didn't really understand the sport himself. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah, 
just on being a larger athlete, things are going to be larger. And he said, you're done. So I was like, oh, I'll just join the army up. So I spoke to a different doctor. Said, You'll never be able to join up again, mate. It's because of the damage to your heart. So I was like, and for the first eight weeks, I couldn't do anything. And I anything. couldn't carry anything less, more than five kilos in case it burst the stitch oh, in there shit. and strain the heart. Yeah. And she's like, you wouldn't even know you burst out until you pass out and then you're done. Because like, the stitching was like so small. But if you pop that artery, said just game over. I was like, and better believe I know your your, your wife Gemma was on your butt about that, Matt. Yeah, but you I know, was she'd like, being a nurse. Yeah, it's it's like a double edged sword because I try and just ah, maybe it's the military training where I'm just like I don't need that. I'm okay. I just man up. I say I man up, but uh, when it comes down to the heart, mate, um, you can't. So no. for those, those ten months was hard. But then when I was back in the gym and I was given the all clear, it was like um, yeah, ball to a red flag. I was balls to the wall, hitting it hard and. Yeah, bust my ass to get back there. And I think, uh, and then my first, I missed two Britain's Strongest Men due to the injury. I call it an injury. And then when I hit my first Britain's Strongest Man, I come second. And that was the beginning of this year. Yeah. Yeah. So how, how many, how, how long is the duration from you having that heart problem to, to you jumping on to a competitive scene? It was 10, ten months. Just ten, 10 months. months. Yeah. And then because the way the, co- the world was working with COVID, yeah. Britain's Strongest Man was like, like within 10 months, it wasn't a year. Okay. So it was like the shortest reign of Britain's Strongest Man, if that makes sense, because yeah. they, they did it at the end, and then it was at the beginning, but I missed both due to me being, I was just sat in the Americans, I was just sat in the bleachers waiting for it, and then when I was like, you're good to go, I was like, oh, now you're going to get it, and Adam Bishop won, yeah, he was in great shape, but I was like, that's not too bad, my first Britain's Strongest Man, and then he's two times champion, and I beat Graham Hicks, who was a former yeah. champion himself, But and then it just went on from there, like great showing at the Worlds last year and this year, just narrowly missing the finals, but yeah, it was great to, to get back in the gym and to lift it, it's my life at the moment. It's my life. It just is taking over everything. So when I was given the all clear to go back, I was like, "Yeah, oh, I was great." The, those sessions were brutal. Um, I was just, it's just so much energy. I had so much energy, and the weight was coming down. I worked with a good guy now who's helping me with my diet. And Dale, my coach, was all over me changing things up, and oh, it was just such a relief for me to get back in the gym. So the big changes, from what I'm hearing, is diet change. Diet, mate. Was Tra- like, yeah. Any training changes or anything like that because of the situation, supplement changes? Yeah, it was just like the diet was the worst, mate. I was just being an absolute pig. I thought bigger was better. So of I was course. like having like steaks in the morning, but then I'd have a 12 egg omelette like two hours later. Then I'd go and have a Greg's. They want to understand what a Greg's is, yeah, will they? Oh, bro, come on. I just done a post yesterday about fucking Greg's custard slices. What yeah. are you bringing that up to me now for? <laughs> All these people watching this have no clue what Greg's is. Like I might give these amazing people that are helping yeah. me with the production a future to the UK. You have to, And yeah. I'll take them to Greg's. And yeah, this is, I need this a is. fucking Greg's sponsorship. Straight on brought to you by Greg's. That'd be amazing. <laughs> I would definitely move no, out no, to Nobody'd be like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> Anyways, so, yeah. so let's talk about the diet, and I don't want to go all over the place, but you just blew my mind. So breakfast, what was it? A, a, the biggest you've been, what was a breakfast, and what was the consistent, like, your day in, in a big day of eating? So, yeah, when I was at my heaviest, yeah. I'd get up, and it would be, I'd, this is genuine, minimum 12 egg omelette, and then four pieces of toast, loads of cheese, I cook it with butter, put some onions in, some peppers, and then this is... <laughs> It would be like I go to Spoons, where the Spoons, because yeah. when I lived in Caffili, there was one at the top of the road. I just walk up there and have the large breakfast. So that's it stops serving at eleven o'clock. So I'd have that about nine, wait till eleven, go on that. This is genuine. My wife will. See, I would go outside and throw up. Yeah, I just throw up. I find a little corner. She she was there. She'll tell you. And I'm like, I'll go and have food in like two. And I have a Greg's then. I get Greg's on the way down, walk back around to my house, and I eat that then about one o'clock. Try and train, and I'm like, oh, why am I so bloated? And I'd lift this, and I'd just be one rep max and everything. 
And then lunch would be a whole pack of mints, like 500 grams, half a kilo, and then like a pack of rice, and then like bolognese sauce, and that'd be like one meal huge, and then I'd have like a pasta dish before I go to bed. But there'd be like snacks in between. I'd have protein okay. bars, protein shakes, bits of fruit. And I'd be like, oh, I'm eating fruit, it's okay. And then Glam Moss is like a bakery in Caffili, and I'd have like things like these massive Subway rolls they do there. It's just a mess, mate. So how many calories do you think you're going to eat in a day? Oh, I would say at your biggest. 10,000. Easy? Plus, e- e- like minimum 10,000. And anything up is, I wouldn't say a bonus, but I was just eating and eating. I doubled my body weight in a year. I would put yeah. on like almost just shy of 100 kilos in a year. Your transformation when You've the seen photos, the photos. Sort of it's have blown yeah. me away. And we'll, we'll overlay some of these photos during this episode, but you truly have uh, transformed yourself. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. There's a photo of you on your WhatsApp of you and Gemma. Everyone says they don't recognize it. They don't. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Novikov messaged me. I was like, is this you? I was like, yes. But he was like, no, it isn't. I only recognize Jim. I was like, that's in Las Vegas, mind. I know it yeah, is. Yeah, I yeah. can see the background. And, I, and when you messaged me, I was like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> no beard. No sexy stash. No stash. No, like. no mullet. And, you know. Massive head. <laughs> no sunglasses, pit viper, or whatever it is you got on. Yeah. But yeah, this man is a different guy, but... Again, people don't realize to get big, you have to eat big. But obviously, if you have the appetite, yeah, it's a convenience. But also, to have an appetite and try to diet is horrible. So know yeah. where we are right now and what you do and what's your daily day. And, oh, and, man. And so much better. Still, it's still the same sort of thing with like mince and rice or ground beef, they call it over here. But it's a lot more structured, mate. They're, this is... I'll never be as... You were like savagely t- ripped. You're a monster, man. But... It's the small meals in the sense that it's almost bodybuild style. I'm just like a pack of mints now. It's three meals. Mm-hmm. I'll have that with some just a like pit of bread. And then the snack will be like apples with nuts and an orange juice. And then it's like before the gym, it'll be like bagels with a bit of jam or peanut butter, jelly, they call it over here. And that's and there's like more fish, more rice, more potatoes. But it's not just a packet rice. It's cooked in a slow cooker, just a little bit healthier, things like that. But make this like the omelets are like four egg omelets. <laughs> That's all, uh, and Diesel do not go. He's Diesel. Simon, he does nutrition for Terry Holland's. Okay, awesome guy. He trains yeah. with Adam Bishop. Does his nutrition. I met him in a show in Holland. I knew who he was. And now who? That's who I work with. And when I told him I was eating, his bro, you were lucky to survive that heart attack. And then, but it's just like, everyone's oh dieting's easy. It's, it's, like, it's not because I like you said I got the appetite. So when I like see the food, I'm just like oh, fuck it. I'm just gonna eat it. But where we live now, I can't get near a Greg's or a Subway. Like it's like we're in the country sort of thing. We can't okay. get near them. So. I think that's why we bought the house, Jim. Like, can't be getting fat no more, Gav. Yeah, let's let's, let's keep away from from the, the the stores. But no, listen, you've done a tremendous job of obviously coming down and yeah. the, the the health benefits. Obviously, you were chasing, but now the physical benefits that now you're seeing in your training. What are the kind of things that you've seen now in your day to day movements, and oh. how, how much stronger are you from losing? Oh, what, what how much have you lost? Six stone. Oh, six so, stone. So, so. That out. Six times twelve. Yeah. As you, we'll get that math going. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll come back to you with that. Yeah. <laughs> Seventy-two. Seventy-two. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot, mate. And it just, it's just the fact that this is no joke. I would walk around the streets and all. I'm not just walking around the streets. Like, go to the barber shop, go see my dad, and my back would just blow out, and I just mm-hmm. couldn't walk, and I'd be sat down on people's walls, trying to just go and get a coffee from the shop, or go and see my dad, or say we go. Yeah. When I came to Vegas the second time, I was very heavy. Couldn't walk down the strip or nothing. I'd, have, I'd be sat down and up the stairs blowing, and I'd be sat there breathing like a pig. So if I was there, I'd be like, <sighs> and my sister'd be like, "What are you doing? Like, why are you breathing like an some sort of man bear pig?" But then training, full of energy, mate. I, I actually enjoy the conditioning. When I was first yeah. doing it, I wouldn't do no conditioning. I'd be like, "Oh, we can stuff. I can't be asked." Mm. It's purely because I was just so heavy, just becoming 
like a walrus, but yeah, full of beans, mate. And I'm 10 times stronger than the man I was. Literally, I would whoop my ass from three years ago. But yeah, I feel great, mate. And I'm te- like I said, it's just stronger, fitter, enjoying training, and everything's getting better. It wouldn't have worked out if I had another heart attack. Something else would have happened, like a stroke or something. I don't know, but I feel great in the gym, mate. I'm like, sometimes I wouldn't train for like two, three days because I just couldn't be asked when I was at my heaviest because I was so lazy. You know what I mean? It's just like an effort just to get my ass up off a sofa at 200 kilos. It's hard. Yeah. If you get something, if someone didn't know, understand the weight, like check a 200, or get their body weight to 200 kilos by putting some sort of weighted suit on mm. and just like, stroll around for a day. And that's why I was just like, just shit in the gym. Yeah. And then performance at show were crap. Even though I looked the parks, I was so big, oh, he's going to be a monster. I couldn't put nothing down. Where were you mentally during them days? Just not good, mate. I just didn't have no drive. Trying to give off persona when anyone took me out positive, but it was just an act because I was like, what's wrong with me? But I thought I was doing the right thing by being this big. I was like, oh, I mm. must be strong. I'm stronger than everyone I'm bumping into. And I get the wheels. I'm like, oh, they just got more on me. They just got years of experience. And then mentally, I was just like, can't be asked. This is, this is shit. Mm. I was like, what? And I was like, talking to Luke Stockman about it. And then just because he went to the things he went through, he used to talk about then and chat to him. He's a great guy. And then. Love him, guys. Yeah, oh, amazing. But I just couldn't seem to get up for anything. Because I thought I was doing the right thing. I was like, why are these guys beating me? I'm bigger than them. I'm like, I'm the biggest guy in the room. I'm six for six, 200 kilos. I should be whooping these guys. So mentally, you just get, you're just on your ass. And you just can't be arsed. You get into shows purely just because they're a Giants live show. You're taking invites because they're a Giants live show. You're going there, you're coming dead last. It's not about taking part. I, I know, it is in a way, but let's be real. We come to win. Yeah. Everyone comes to win. And I was just sat last so many shows. Like when I first started, I was like, what's going on? Why, why am I doing this? But then, I realized because being that big was no good. And it just messed you up, mate, because yeah. I was training hard when I was hit the gym. But I was like, I can't put, why can't I do performance shows? It's because I was so heavy. You can't do anything, mate. This just doesn't make sense. It just it defeats the purpose of being that big and you can't use it. So now I'm like, I know I'm pretty good. I like, don't like to blow my own trumpet or anything like that, but I'm not too bad, mate, now. Now I've dropped the weight. And my mindset now is razor sharp. I believe I will be the world's strongest man. The year I make the finals, I get pumped talking about it. I will hit the final and I love them guys. Yeah, yeah. Real friendly. Imagine backstage, you're all like sort of patty patty. You get on the stage, you're a different person, mate. So oh, I think everybody knows how I was. Backstage, <laughs> yeah. there was the Welsh humility that goes along with the day to day. But then when yeah. I was there backstage on show day, yeah. I was the alter ego. That's you, the way I tell people. You, you have to be, mate. Yeah. And, and that being said, I know that obviously coming from the same neck of the woods, mm. we march with that same humility and, and yeah. wearing our hat, right? But there comes a point where you have to have that very vocal confidence. It's not cockiness. No. It, it's a vocal confidence. It's like law of attraction, right? You're putting it out there and you're also putting service to the people you're yeah. going to be standing against, right? Yeah. And, and if you went in and you go, oh, I'd like to play as well next to you. It's no, I'm coming to fucking win. And yeah. the things that you've been talking about now, and obviously myself being around the World's Strongest Man events this year and linking in with certain athletes, it seems like being good at one event is so old school. You have to be consistent. And you could pick up points in, in, in one event, maybe one in a, win another, come yeah. third in another. But ultimately... The road to victory is being consistent yeah. in every single event. And one of the things for yourself um, that I've, I've seen and the fans are talking about, you've become more and more consistent across the board. And I think that's a, a testament to you, you know, doing all these little small Thank you. macro, yes. micro, and also 
big movements, especially yeah. with your weight loss and stuff yeah. like that. Because listen, it's you realize now being around the world's best. Myself can attest to this. Come to this country and I've stood next to some of these guys and I'm like, fuck. They're not that far ahead of me. No. And now you can attest and say the same thing. You've stood against the best. You've yeah. outlifted some of the best. Yeah. And now things are starting to come uh, and align themselves. And me going to the world's strongest man this year and not being able to see you lift to that finals, I'm not going to lie, it was gutting. Obviously, for yeah. you, it was a little more gutting, gutting yeah. than for me. Yeah. But I was very excited because the hype going into this year's strong with this year's strongest man had a Welsh man being talked about. Yeah, it was and, awesome. And to hear your name in that mix of fucking athletes and then to get to meet each other for the first time. We yeah. spoke obviously through Instagram and yeah, stuff, yeah. but uh, to, to get to meet you for the first time and then shake your hand and obviously my upbringing at Gary Taylor as the yeah. guy. Now, young guys are looking up to Gav, big yeah, Gav from fucking Caffili and, yeah. and you are, you are their version of Gary Taylor. Oh. And now with people saying this guy has all the potential of the world's strongest man, that's got to feel good, Gav. Yeah, it's crazy because I am a positive person, right? You don't have to spend a day in the gym with me and I try and uplift everybody, right? And I'm always a guy with a smile on my face. But for some reason, I won't ever talk about myself like that. And it's, it's amazing, mate. Like, I had goosebumps and you talking about it like that. Like, we haven't had a Welsh champion for 1993 and he was an absolute animal. Like, even if you dropped him in now, he would be a champion now. He was a he was well before his time. The same as... Like Pigsy, you'd put him in any year of strong, and you, it's game over. I yeah. think Tom's going to be the next sort of thing like that, but to hear someone like that, it is cool. I get certain messages and people say certain things, but and Gemma always says, I wish you could see yourself through my eyes. Because I'm like, I'm just okay. But then when I get to a show, I'm like, I'm going to fucking empty you. That's yeah. what The mindset changed Like when I had a heart attack. Certain things were said about me, and I was like, nah, I, that, this isn't me. If I played rugby, I would come and take your head off. It would be a late or early shot. I would get one in on you. So I brought that edge because I spoke to a guy, Ben Pascoe, in the gym. Brilliant guy. He went to his wedding a few weeks ago. And he is always, not positive, doesn't, we, in the, my gym, it doesn't, it's not everyone's blowing smoke up your ass. It's, if you're shit, they'll be like, hey, you need to sort this out, mate. No, and then, you know, constructive. Oh, but eventually, someone's don't be shit. You need yeah. to fix this, 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 and then you'll be better. It's like constructive. It's not just said, don't be shit. It's the way we lift it, the way we say it. But Ben always says, mate, you were, you were one of the best in the world. And I'm like, oh, I'm okay, mate. I will lift some and then go, is that okay? Like I pressed yeah. like 190 kilo log in the gym the other day. I was like, is that okay? I'm like, yeah. And then I took two boys to move it off the mats to put their log on. I was like, that's not too bad. And, I, and then to hear you say that, it's hard. I wish sometimes I could just step away and see it, if that makes sense, see what I'm doing because I'm just like, I'm just a guy from Caffili lifting weights because I love doing it. Mm-hmm. I support my family with it. and I, I do it for my family. I do it. And I also, yeah, it's cool to leave a bit of a legacy to... He's spoken about. We're still talking about Gary Taylor. He's, he's the world's. He was the world's. And if you look at his his resume, he won everything, absolutely everything. He was Incredible. a monster, and only his record was broken. The behind the neck press broken two years ago. No one, no one got close yeah, to it. That's right. That's right. And Novikov did shatter it with a two forty six, mind. But that's just the evolution of the sport. Gary Taylor could have got more if you see that press. Yeah, the Flintstone press, like two hundred and twelve, is like warm up weight for him. But if I can get compared to him at this at this time right now, that's pretty cool. I mean, yeah. but. I still got plenty of years left, and I keep saying it because it's just the way I do. I write it every day. I go in the, in my gym, wipe it off my whiteboard, and I write, "I will become the world's strongest man." I do that every single time I train. Mm-hmm. I put my little quote of the week on there as well. But yeah, going back to what you said, that's pretty cool to be like. I just, I, I don't know how it feels. I just 
I think when I'm done and dusted, then I'll be like, oh, I was actually all right. But right now I'm just like, I think it's keeping yourself, trying to keep myself just low key. Yeah. In my mindset, I'm just like, I'm doing okay. Because some people get washed up in their own bullshit sometimes. And you, you would have seen it yourself with certain people. Many times. And they just blow up and then they're like, ah, I'm the world's greatest. And all of a sudden it's like, poof, no, you're done, mate. So I'm just like, I'm building. And when I finally lift that trophy, I'll be like, yeah, I am the world's best. And everything they said about me was true. But I'm just like, I don't ever let things get to my head. And but I you, wouldn't. But you believe it though, right? 100%. Mate. The year I hit, like, what wasn't going to happen last year or this year with what happened at the Wills? I just reset and I was like, yeah, I was devastated. In my head, I should have beaten them in the stone off. I should have. I don't know what went wrong, but then I was like, no, it was meant to happen. If there's anybody to lose to, it's nice to lose to a Stolten brother, right? That's exactly what I said. <laughs> I was like so upset in the tent and I was like, but to lose to a, uh, a Stolten man, it's not too bad, mate. They're, no. they're the world's best, mate, uh, at the moment. I'll throw down with any of them. I don't care. Yeah. Like I, I say oh, they're great, but I'm not too bad. I mean, Do you know what I'm hearing? I don't know if the viewers are listening to this back home, but I'm hearing a guy who wants to be fucking confident, but his humbleness is un- cutting the head of the cutting the head of the fucking sentence. Because you've already told me you believe in yourself. You already told me that you will be the world's strongest man. Yeah. But then when it comes down to putting it into a different constructed sentences, yeah. you throw the words okay in and you're not okay. And that's the thing yeah. that it's a change and, and honestly because coming from a guy from the same part of the world as you yeah. It's changing certain verbiage that yeah, gets you yeah, thinking yeah. daily, just like writing on the board. You saying, I will become the world's strongest man. So now you've got to start changing your fucking words that come out of your mouth. You write, you're going to be the world's strongest man. You think that you're going to become the world's strongest man. Now you have to verbally start putting it in construction I sentences. I, I don't know what it is, man. I just, I, I know what it is, right? It's when I was playing rugby. I know this is a bit, not a random story. This is what we're after. There was always an excuse that the, the, the coaches wouldn't pick me. And then I was like, I, I, in my head, I was, I'm a good player. And I was like, I, I fucking carry, tackle, I do my job well as a second row. And I played, I play some good rugby, I play some great rugby. And then the coaches would drop me. So all we get trained, then I get dropped. I think this was when the army was the worst, yeah. I won't mention his name, it's the coach. In the admit. Andy Sanger, yeah. Uh, he was a. Never got on with him. So in my head, I was like, I'm a good player. But then every time he'd be like, no, you're not. I'd get knocked. I'd be on the bench or dropped. So I think I'm afraid to say it in case I let myself down. I think that's what it is. I just, because I, was, I'm a, I, I go in that change room on the on a Monday morning in, in all the shots. That's where we used to do that training. I'm like, I'm going to be on that. I'm going to start against Cambridge. So the Army, we play some amazing teams. Like Oxford and Cambridge. They're outstanding side. If yeah. you ever watch that varsity game, it's Anything, anything, in, in rowing, anything. They, yeah, they take it in their stride, they're amazing. So I was like, I'm going to play on Wednesday night, and then I get dropped, I train, I'd smash the hell out of everyone on Monday. Fitness was good, because I was a lot like that, I was a, I was a good soldier, and I was a good rugby player, and then I was like, I'm a good player. They was like, no, you're not, you're not playing. I was like, I was just stuttering, I was like, why am I not playing? Oh, what is this, Gav, is this? So I think that... What was it, if you don't mind asking? It was, I just didn't get on with the coach, genuinely. That was it. And I would always question shit. So he'd be like, oh, Gav, why do you make that tackle? I'd be like, what about the three before, though? I missed a tackle against Worcester, right? This is genuine. But I smoked two players prior to him, rolled out of the tackle, and then I missed the tackle and I didn't hit the scrum half guard. I was like, two tackles before my mate, and he just went back and went, ah, oh, they, were, they weren't that good though. I was like, mm. Yeah. So it was always, I just questioned shit. I wouldn't keep my mouth shut in analysis. And my mate, Matty Dwyer, very good friend of mine, was like, God, just take it on the chin. I'm like, no, because I'm getting dropped for people who I know I shouldn't be getting dropped for. They bring players in, I'm like, this sucks. And then I went up to play against the Russian national team, which would have been a capped game. And I, I got put on the bench and I go, I didn't get on. That wasn't too good, mate. And yeah. then we had our final words and 
That's when I stopped playing. So it pissed you off to stop? Yeah. And then that's why I think it is. That's why I won't say I'm good in my head because I think that some fucker's going to say, no, you're not. But there's no coach. I am. Dale's my coach. Mm-hmm. And if I do mess up, you know, what we'll was go back and do this. He wasn't at me. I missed a thousand pounds. I did a show two weeks prior, which I shouldn't have done. No, three weeks prior, which I shouldn't have done. But yeah, but he's not like your shit. He's like, he's world class, but and I'm like, oh, I'm all right. But I just, I know. But then when I train, like I am, one, I, I say it now, I am one of the world's best. I'm like, I'm one of the strongest men on this earth. Give me two days, you guy. You'll have a fucking different mindset, mate. I know that we need to come back out at the end of the year. I think, yeah. Um, I just, but I think it's that because that coach kept saying I wasn't any good. So they kept beating me, and it's like, oh, fuck. Am I good? So when I do something in the strong, I'm like, am I okay? I came second the other week in that Cardiff show. I literally said to the chairman of the wife, I was like, was that okay? And she was crying. She was like, yeah, it was fucking amazing. Mm. Second in Britain's the first thing I asked. I was like, that performance, all right. And then I picked it apart the day after. I was like, I should have done this. I should have done that. And Adam Bishop's two times champion, and he's world's strongest man finalist. Great deadlifter, too. Incredible deadlift. Phenomenal, mate. Fucking like, strong yeah. as hell. For a size, he shouldn't be. But he actually is huge. He's 150 odd, so he is massive. It's just because his height gets lost and his weight gets lost because he's surrounded by bigger guys. But yeah. Like he went on the pitch to give the water to the boys at the Harlequins and dwarfed all the forwards. He was he a strength and conditioning guy or something? Yeah, he worked, he worked for him for years. Yeah. And he went on the pitch and everyone was like, who, who is that? <laughs> just bring him on, sign yeah. him. Yeah, get that guy playing. He could have played for Wales, but he had like the Welsh connections. He could have played for Wales. Yeah. But he chose the wrong man. Great sport. <laughs> hey, listen, I, I had my, I had my yeah, rugby days too. Yeah. So talking about rugby days and, and military days, obviously very similar upbringing in South Wales for everybody who's listening doesn't know where Wales is. Shame. <laughs> we are that little country next to England, the one that, the big country that none of us can stand. But anyway, that's a subject for another story. But when you've got two house guys in the room, we can talk as much shit as possible, especially when you've got a guy that size. Like, hey, you but you were probably... When I played rugby, before we started talking about the military, you were probably that guy that I would target on on the field because yeah. I was the smallest, yeah, you definitely, but yeah. the, the, the biggest mouth, <laughs> the biggest fucking point to prove. <laughs> and if I seen somebody of your stature coming on, you're a big guy. We got to get you out of the game fast as we can. Yeah, yeah. So you would be a target in my eyes. I don't know if I'd be able to jump up and punch you, but <laughs> I've hit a few guys in my time from flying Superman, giving as good as I've got, as good as I've given to. It's the only way forward, mate. Yeah, You've done, but yeah. But do you miss the rugby? Oh, mate, yeah. Yeah. It's in your blood, because we're from yeah. Wales. It's a national sport, and when you see the boys run out in red, I still sit in and think, when I watch Wales play, I'm like, oh, no, like, how far I could have really gone, because when I was up with Bridgend, I was, oh, mate, I'll say, I don't know why I keep doing that. I was good. Mm. I was in great shape. I sent you, we've seen a photo from Newport. Yeah. I was yeah. in about 120, like, lean, and I was not, like, rugby lean, like, this, like, dense... Probably two, 220s, maybe? Yeah. 240, I don't know. What's, two, what's two, 120? He's speaking all this fucking kilogram r- r- lingo of you. I can't even speak English now, because <laughs> I'm this guy. But you were playing second row, right? Yeah, second so, row, yeah. So for everybody who's watching and don't understand rugby, so fast and best analogy is, you guys seen the scrum when they come together... Is the front three, and then there's two people behind them front three that push. you got two people on the end. You're the collar flankers. You've got the number eight. So Gav was behind the first three. You've got to be a strong boy to push that. Yeah, and, I was in the boiler house, yeah. 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 I was number five, so that's the locks. That's the position behind the tight head. Yeah. Usually they're one of the heaviest players on the pitch, and I think... That's a number eight, right? Yeah, number eight is a yeah. monster. You have to have a big number eight. But, You're uh, sweet. So somebody who's fucking bigger than you on the team... No, mainly when I was okay. with Bridgend, I was the biggest guy. And yeah, there was only a few. Damien Hud from Ebervale, he was a big guy. Mm-hmm. But 
Yeah, I miss him. It's still yeah. this day, there's a show coming up at Caffili Rugby Ground, and then they joked around and said, the deal is we'll let you use the arena or the stand if you come back and play for us. And I was like, <laughs> not at this weight. <laughs> I'd love to. And I look at Jem and I was like, one game, and she's like, absolutely not. Oh, like, she sounds like my wife. Yeah, she's. If I'd, uh, I'd be in hell of a shape if I wasn't for her. She yeah. keeps, keeps, keeps the reins on me massively. Would you, would you do a charity event if you were? Definitely. If they asked you? 100%. Yeah, me too. I think yeah. I, I would definitely do that. They did it um, a few years ago, didn't they? Um, Terry Hollins actually smoked the guy who. He's did like, he? He's related to the guy who owns McVitie's or something. Have you ever seen it? No. It's a huge hit, mate. It's when Terry was big. <laughs> Terry, uh, Terry's got to be a player too. Class player, yeah. but really good. But then I think this guy goes to carry him, carry into him off the back of a scrum. Yeah, Terry just folds him. It'd be great. It's a huge hit. We, we might need some fucking lingua subtitles on this because we've, we've got we've got sorry we've got we way got off. Lot, we, yeah. we got a lot of American fans <laughs> that be like, "What the hell fold him in?" That just, technically means when somebody gets hit, he folds him in half. Yes, yeah, it's actually um, smokes him. Sorry, yeah, I just went full Welsh. Nah, it's good. Oh, the, I miss it, mate. Rugby day. I miss it too. I miss the camaraderie. I miss the banter. I miss all the shit. Yeah. The, 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 do you know all the shit talk that you get? I see that though. I will be honest. I see that in Strongman. Mm. There's there's a lot of different events. Uh, sorry, there's a lot of different sports where there's banter involved and you can talk some smack with the guys. But to be honest with you, I've not seen it in any proximity in any of the sports that I'm around. UFC, oh. it's not me shit talking, right? It's, yeah. it's building up to a fight. It's selling a ticket. Yeah, yeah. With Strongman, there's banter that goes around. There yeah. might be some chirping away on, on some social media platforms, but... Yeah. When you get back to the tent or the athletes' areas, you guys are just laying into each other. Yeah. You're helping each other, talking shit, but then there's a serious note that comes yeah, cause right before the events. Yeah, it's crazy. Isn't this weird? Because you don't get that in many of the sports. You wouldn't have someone going backstage in UFC helping the other fighter out. But no. it is the thing. It's because you want the athlete not to have an excuse. Yeah. So you beat them at their best. So if they're like missing a bit of kit, you go, I got kit that fits you. Or I got no choke for the kit. I got choke I can give you, mate. I got everything that you can have or want, and then you can't make an excuse when I whoop you. So, mm-hmm. And Evan Singleton's quite funny with that sort of stuff for the T Rex. I call him like chicken fingers. It's, <laughs> he's got two chicken fingers tattooed on his hand. It's, he's a funny guy, but he's good for that. He gives yeah. everyone shit backstage. Paro Dwyer is another one. Paddy, yeah. You will, you will never win again. He made the photo, made it tiny at the Worlds. Yeah, we'll dig that out for the podcast. Oh, for God's sake. He done that so fast, though, too. What the he, hell's wrong with this he, guy? He wouldn't tell us the app. I was like, tell us what he... He's like, I'm not telling you what the app is. And he was doing it to everybody, but... Yeah, uh, he's one for giving people shit. But then it is, you want to help out because you don't want the excuse. Yeah. Oh, but I didn't have my kit. I was like, well, I got kit to give you, mate, so... You can put mine on and you can train or whatever, but yeah, it is. I like yeah, good camaraderie. Yeah, it is. It's really good, mate. Someone gets injured. I think Evan helped me out when I injured myself at Europe's Strongest Man. Eddie Orr helped me out when I was injured. But I was like vomiting at the show when he opened some curtains. And I ended up throwing up on his shoes and things like that. It was bad. He pulled the curtains back and just went all over his trainer. But just yeah, you, you got to help out. It's, it's not that sort of sport. He was like rugby. Is, you know, you, you That's what I mean. The correlation. Yeah, it's just it's, it just goes together nice, man. Yeah. So, yeah. So so let's wind the clock back now. We've talked about a few different things here, but I, I want to get down to the nitty gritty and, and obviously I want to get into the mindset because this is why we brought you on here. You have lived you have lived a life, my friend, from the, the early days of Caffili, a schoolboy, three schools that I read that you were you yeah. moved around. And was that because you were a little bit of a naughty boy back in the day or were you just... Yeah, it was just, school wasn't for me. It's changed a lot now, haven't it, with the way schools are run now, but they just... People learn in different ways. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was a bit of a tit. But Is that why you, you chose the military life? Because I think it was, mate, yeah. Yeah, I had the option. They, they gave me the option, yeah. professional rugby yeah, or professional sport. Yeah. Or where you're going, Flex, is the military. 
that's literally what the, the teachers will say to me. They're like, there's only one, only one review is going to be the army. And then they don't do it that often now. When I was recruiting for the army at the end, you don't go to schools that often now. It's really? Just, it's crazy, mate. Yeah, maybe on an evening, an officer or a sergeant will go and sit down with his little thing. But I think the Marines or the Paris came to my school and I just went, oh, this is awesome. And then I left school when you do. Obviously, grades weren't great. But went to college for a bit, became a bricklayer for a year. And then this is hard laying bricks, hard. I was like, they don't want this. This and is then, coming from the guy who was lifting and he threw a thousand pounds in the fucking gym, by the that, way. That's it. I, I was laughing about it the other day. I literally <laughs> spoke about this in the, in, in the gym the other day about how I was a bricklayer and my back would hurt. And then my mate Simon was like, yeah, but look where well, you're deadlifting. I was like, yeah. yeah. I was like, yeah, but yeah, did bricklaying. Didn't, I really enjoyed it, but oh, it's graft, like up at five, bed at five, up at five. And I was like, and when it's you're tough. like, when you're um, an apprentice, the money isn't great. Yeah. And, Money is good. When you're young, you want as much as you can. So, and you get like, the shit end of the stick too when you're an apprentice. <laughs> yeah, mate. It was a lot of work for not much money at the end of the week. And I was like, ah, oh, great. But then I my mean, brother got back from Bosnia because he was in the Welsh Guards before me. But the weird thing, the, the first choice was Marines. I went to the Cardiff recruiting office that is just opposite the train station. I want to go Marines. But he was like, and there was a Welsh Guards recruit. You're not supposed to do it. You're not supposed to sway people. You're supposed to let them join what they're meant to join. And because he was a Welsh Guards sergeant, he was like, no, nah, not Marines. He was like, Welsh Guards. And that was it. It took me, I think I was in within three months, and I was like, holy shit. Like, it was quick. Yeah. Jen was like, I'm joining the army. She's like, what? I was like, yeah, I'm off. I'm catching a train to Cardiff. I'm going to join the army. You guys were together? We just met. We hadn't long just met, didn't we? Yeah. And she was like, oh, okay. And then <laughs> two years after I joined, I was in Afghan, and she was, it was, wow. It was like, like now the recruiting process is a lot longer. Yeah. I remember going there, and they were like ringing me every day. Is this day, this day? So I was like, no. Like, almost second thought in everything. Yeah. But then, like, I got, I had, like, cousins and all that in the army, and my brother was still in, and did 13 years. <laughs> I was, I was, my, my plan was four. Mm-hmm. Do four years, I was like, get a trade, but they, they spin you some stuff in that recruiting office. Oh, you can get all the trades you want in the Welsh Guards, and I remember getting it, I was like, oh, shit, he lied. <laughs> <laughs> I know, because yeah. I was going to go into it. <laughs> yeah, I, I know it's a job, but I was recruiting, and you can't do yeah. that now. Like, you get in trouble if you do things like that. If they want to go Navy, you let them go Navy. Like, I remember getting off in Catrick. I was like, where's all the jigs? I, I was going, like, I wanted, like, engineers and things like that, and Marines. I was like, no, Marines, you can do everything that I can do, this and this. And then I was like, no, you've lied. And, yeah, I did, I did enjoy it because I met some great blokes, like, yeah. um, some friends who I still hang around with now. Um, so it was, not, it was a great job, probably one of the best jobs, besides what I'm doing now. It, I, I loved every, mo- like... I always say the good times outweigh the bad times, and mm-hmm. everyone's going through the same shit as you. So when I was going through some shit, I was like, well, that man is as well, so mm-hmm. I'm all right. Yeah. I loved it. I loved the army. It's 13 years. You've done two two tours, right? Two tours of Afghan, yeah. And then you also served uh, for the Queen's Guard. Yeah, yeah the Welsh Guards, that's yeah. what it was, yeah. So now it's sure it probably called the King, maybe the King's Guards, because, yeah, what happened there? But yeah, the Queen's Guards, so you got the household division. So it was the Scots Guards, uh, Irish Guards, Coldstream Guards, the Grenadier Guards, and then us, the youngest, were the last to be formed. We were formed in 1915, the start of the First World War, and that's our first battle on us, and yeah. But yeah, we were the youngest of the five household divisions, yeah. So where were you based to do the Queen's? Uh, so Catrick training, right. so we did eight months up there in Catrick. It was a lovely place, Catrick, never stops raining. I don't, <laughs> know, I don't know how that works. And then my first was Aldershot, I was posted there for four years, did my first tour there. And obviously not, went from there, trained, got back, and I think we moved from there to so a couple of years there, and from Hounslow to Purbright, and that was me done. I, I remember getting back from Romania, working with the army up there for six weeks, and I was like, I can't do this no more. I didn't like my first Wales, the strongest man, 
came second. I was like, oh, I'm actually quite good at this. I won my first novice, and then won my first come second at the national show. I was like, I'm actually pretty good at this. There was one side to the Welsh Guards. Mm-hmm. If I stayed at that size, I was, because yeah. there was a photo floating around with me where I got the little axe in my hand, and then, like, yeah, that's amazing if you could stay at this size for us. And then I went recruiting, so I was in Cardiff for mm-hmm. the last two and a half years, and I didn't stay that size. No. You've seen it, yeah. so... They didn't see me for two years. They wouldn't, like, the Welsh Guards recruiting page wouldn't post anything about me, like, when we were at shows. And then when I went back for a tunic fit, and they were like, so tunics were yeah. way outside Buckingham Palace. It's what we're famous for, the Household Guards, the Household Division. And they were like, wow. And I, was like, <laughs> I was like, okay. And then, like, they cut the cloth for the tunic. It was 56 inches or 54 inches. And at the time, it was, like, 62-inch chest. So they cut the fabric. Mm-hmm. I was too wide for it. They couldn't cut the tunic out of it. That's when it started, like, fall apart for the army, and they had to get out because... I wanted to become, I was like, I'll become the world's strongest man. But in them 13 years, I want to go back and, and talk about that chapter. Obviously, you've got to see things that us civvies will never see. You've got a, gone around the world, and obviously, yes, you, you, you played and you had a trade while still in the army. But nonetheless, you get to, you've got to see things again that, yeah. that do, do they fuel your fire? And, and, and can you tell us any of the stories of what uh, you experienced? Yeah, first tour of Afghan, I think, was reported. It was the... Worst tour since the invasion. Most casualties, most shots, fires, most IEDs blown up, most things. There's a book written about it called Dead Men Risen by Toby Hardin. And he was out there. He spoke to us and most of the stuff he said is in the book and is blacked out. It's genuine. If you buy the book, I don't know if you'll be able to get over here. I'll send you a copy. I have a copy of my house if you if you want to get amongst it. It's a great book, mate. And there's loads of stuff in there that's blacked out. Just like, it's like secret files that boys were saying. They were just like, no chance. It definitely fuels me because I realise how lucky I am because there's boys coming off our tour, uh, it sounds horrible to say, that ain't the same anymore, yeah. physically and mentally. In my eyes, um, I just accept them, mate. I, we went through some shit for seven months. So you're in Bastion for about two weeks to acclimatise. You do like range packages, get used to the heat running about with your body armour on because you do all that stuff prior to it, but nothing gets you ready for until you land. It's like literally an oven. If you open your oven, oof, that heat you feel, that's it for seven months. Mm. He's like breathing through a straw. The dust, the humidity, it's horrible out there, but um, so you do two weeks in Bastion or 10 days to acclimatize, so you have something to do with your bone marrow and the red blood cells. And then I, we hit the ground and we did seven months of just of like fighting every day. And it wasn't a day go by, so a contact is where you get shot at. But we call it a contact. It wasn't one day went by for seven months I wasn't shot at. Whether that be ambush, RPG, or they just come looking for us or we weren't looking for them. And I think I got... I think it's a mass, massive a military vehicle. I got hit four times in one. So RPG the side and then blown up onto the side three times. <laughs> and Stephen Rowe, I don't know if he won't be watching this, he was the driver of one. And the bar armor, I think, flew. Just So the bar armor's on the side to catch RPGs. If you'd be able to see, like, find a photo of a massive, they're huge vehicles. And they have bar armor, so it's like on the side of the vehicle. And there's just wedge RPGs in the side. This is genuine. I, I, I don't know where he is now. He's still around. He's not dead. And they were, we got back to camp, and there was an RPG stuck in the side of the vehicle. This is genuine. Just poof. so we hadn't gone off, and it stopped it from connecting like that. And then we got back, and it was like fuck. And then we got hit a few weeks later. I don't know why I'm laughing. Thing flipped on the side, and then a piece of bar armor flew off, and we found like 300 meters just wedged into a wall on patrol. About two weeks later, I was just like, oh, there's the bar. There's there the bar armor off the side of the fucking mastiff. It's crazy out there, mate. There's other stories I've never ever I've never spoken about. It's a genuine that, like, that little thing with the RPG. I, most people know that the bar armor. I tell that joke around joke around that in the gym, but I've never spoken about what we went through. Mm, I, I think I, maybe it's my way of processing it because yeah, fuck me, mate. It changed me. It did definitely change me. 
what what you seen on, on them tours and, and obviously I'm I'm sure you you lost some friends too as yeah. as have I. Yep. Um, how, how much does that kind of circle back in any of your strongman training? Every day, I will literally go in and be like, it, it's like a, it's a privilege to train. Privilege what I do. And like I was watching the Strickland podcast about how hard people's lives. People think their lives are. always it's the hardest part of your day is going for a fucking coffee in Starbucks. I get it, right? It's, it's what do you call it? Let's just perspective. Oh, it's a hard life. Okay, nah, it can be a lot fucking worse. So them seven months, every single day I train them because I, I have one thing I think about before I go heavy. I've never spoken. But the wife doesn't know my father. Nobody knows what about what I think about. But if you watch some of my videos, I usually cut it before it. I go in and I catch at the deadlift. Last week at the deadlift, so I caught it. I just talk to myself. I say certain things, and then there's one thought I think of. And that's exactly what I think. Yeah, it, it, everything that I went through up there, it was, uh, there's a reason why I came through unscathed. And yeah, okay, it might, and I don't, I've never been tested for certain things like PTSD. I, don't, I just accept what we went through. Accept that we had to do it to get home. It's as simple as that. It might sound ruthless, but uh, so when I train, that it fuels it. Yeah, I get pumped talking about it. My heart's racing now because I just want I, Yeah, I love it. I'm, I, did I enjoy it? Yeah, I loved it up there as well, mate. So when I train... I fucking let loose. Nothing. I, this happy, jolly gab disappears, and I lift. I won't talk. I, I barely bat an eyelid to anybody. I'm just like that. Lift is mine, and uh, yeah, I bring out the shows. When I go for it, I go. I, I will go hard, and because I think the job made me like it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. mentally, it's tough to get into a big lift without using emotion. You have to, mate. I think like you see guys fail and see girls fail because they're just so, oh, I'm like nah. I, I'm I'm an emotional lifter. Yeah, like I, I fucking I will cry before I lift, but I don't mean to do it. Yeah. I am just so yeah. It means at the moment this is my life, um, and I will do anything. I will bleed. I will cry. I will sweat blood, and so that's why I'm super emotional when I lift. Yeah, not all the time because if it will drain you, you see it. Yeah, yeah, you, that's right. It would drain you physically and mentally. If I do a massive lift, I'm like I'm having tomorrow off because I will get nothing out of this session. I have one one day off when I do like nothing, stay in the house. Most of the time I'm down the gym, I'll stretch off, I'll do something, I'm doing something. There's like probably a Wednesday because I've done something Monday, Tuesday, I'm like, I will get, and then I have a heavy squat or heavy stones or heavy yoke. And I'm burning myself out. So I'm like, I'm going to save myself because otherwise there's nothing out of this session. Because, yeah, otherwise the smartest, the, the, the strongest of the smartest yourself. If you're smart with your training, you will, Brian Shaw, blueprint of what a strong man should be, he is super intelligent, super smart with his training. Yeah, but going back to the Afghan thing, it fuels me every day, mate. Yeah. Not in a mental way. I don't mean to, I didn't mean to say that word, but not in a bad way, but it does, mate, because I'm like, all the shit we went through, there must be a reason why I'm still here. Mm. And I found what I'm good at. I love this sport. And no one's telling me I'm shit in the sense that no, the coaches don't go, you're crap, Gav, so you're not playing. So I'm like, if I don't lift something, it's on me. It's yeah. an honest sport, mate. So, yeah, but it fuels me every day, mate. Yeah, with going back to the heavy lifts and, and just to finish off the Landers plane, when I would do my big lifts, whether they were deadlifts or rack deadlifts or squatting or something like that, what I would do mentally is truly, I would start processing the morning off. I knew that day was going to be a big lift. And I would mentally start telling myself, like, calm before the storm in a sense, right? Um, and I would start then building myself up to the point where I would get into a big lift and I was not like emotional crying but I was like aggressively emotional and what I call that and I've said this many times in my podcast is Pandora's box I would unlock Pandora's box oh, yeah, and man. then I would put that shit straight back in and knowing 
how to control that beast yeah came from time obviously with you serving in the military there's uh, certain uh, attributes that you learn mm-hmm. and you get taught the discipline all the, the things that civvies don't see yeah. all the, the the small little from the smallest of things from polishing buttons to polishing your shoes to the uniform to all of the above especially when you're doing the, the queen's guard stuff yeah 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 you've got to be on point and no transitioning into strongman that mentality now equates yeah, into massively. all these yeah. small little details but make the biggest of things. You're talking about weight loss. You're talking about cardiovascular endurance. Now these things, now again, the smallest of changes but the biggest of changes, right? Yeah, mate. So that mentality and, and again, the, the, we're talking about the, the demon being unleashed and the big lifts. Is that hard to put back into his box once yeah. you've done it? I usually leave a gym, mate. I will, yeah. walk, I will walk up the gym because I'm whether it's gone well, sometimes you miss. Everyone fails lifts. So it's part of the sport. Everyone, mm. I will leave a gym and just sit outside for ten minutes. I got like a set of power stairs outside my gym, or I'll just sit yeah. on the floor because yeah. I'm. Yeah, it's, decompress. I have to. I won't talk. I just like, get off. No one. Has, it's like I. I don't have any sort of ego in my gym. It's nothing like that. But everyone just knows. Then like, it's the same with everyone. If you have a big lift, people just leave you alone, and I will walk out, <laughs> take a little breather. And come back and I just start laughing. I'm like, that was heavy. Or sometimes it'll happen straight away. I just put the little weight down. I'm just like, what was I? I was so pumped up for. I was like, that was easy. I did that tripled 400, then I doubled 420. And I was like, why was I so pumped? I started laughing. I put the, drop the box. Oh, fuck. But sometimes I've hit something hard. It takes me a while to just, and sometimes I, that will end the session sometimes. Sometimes I've hit it so hard. I'm like, I can't switch off. I'm, I'm, I have to go. This is, I'm just doing like the assistance. I'm like, I can't feel it. I can't. I'm just like, still almost vibrate then. I'm like, this yeah. is not good. Nothing like caffeine induced or anything. Yeah. I'm just like so pumped. I'm like, I'm going. I'll go home and just sit in my front garden or sit on my patio, just chilling out. I'm like, fuck, that was that was intense, man. Is that from you mentally psyching yourself up for, or, yeah. or or is that more of the lift itself? It's it's probably the thing I think of. It mentally, yeah. bur- it just burns hard. And that was, I went on tour. Oh my god, when was the first tour, Jim? Eleven years ago, wait. And I still fresh in my mind. Mm-hmm. When I think of, and it will sometimes it burns hard. And yeah. Anything particular you can tell the viewers? I've never spoken about it. I think it's because it loses its power. I've said before they asked me, the world's strongest man, mm. um, do the interviews, and I said I just don't talk about it. It was with Gemini, it was Corporal Lodwick. He got a mention in dispatches out there during the contact. And he was a great soldier, great one of my one of a very good friend of mine. Still talk now, and he messaged me about it a couple of weeks ago before I did the world's strongest man. He was like, remember that day? I was like, I do, mate. Yeah. I don't tell him I think about it. I don't tell him. Like, it's a certain thing we, me and him went through. Yeah. And he just messaged me. and was like, I was like, yeah. And then sometimes when I think of it and I go for it, it's hard for me to just switch off because it was, it was what we went through. So sometimes I'm I'll just go home. I'm like, I gotta go home. Like, that session was good. The main lift was, and yeah, I gotta say, so I'll come back tomorrow and do that on my own. I'll come in, I'll open the gym in the morning, do what I have to do and do it. But sometimes I just find it so hard when I've, I go. It's only. I don't think of it all the time, though. It's when I go balls to the wall when it has to be done. When, yeah. I, and I'm like yourself. This is genuine. I wake up and go. Got a massive dead left today. I've eaten my breakfast and everything just be perfect. And then Jim would be like, just relax now. You got, you got a big, you got a big lift. I'm like, yeah. And I'll just drive me to the gym, or I won't take the bike to the gym because I'm like, oh, sh- don't you don't want to hurt yourself? If you fall off the bike. I'm like, no, I'm right. And then all day I'd be like, I got that big 400. I got the big. I hit 410 a few years ago on the squat in the gym. That was all I could think about. I was like, oh. And everyone's like, oh, but this and I was like, no, I, was like, I don't give a shit. I got a massive squad tonight. Yeah, but sometimes when I go balls out, it's hard for me to just. I can't. Sometimes I can't. Gemma comes up, you again, like I just can't switch off. 
then I just fuck off home. Like I have to, otherwise it'll just be a nuisance in the gym. What do you do to calm down then? What's the tactics you've got that you can calm yourself down? I just you? put uh, I put music on in the house. That's generally I go in Alexa, play music. Yeah, and I'll be I just sit down, just let. Usually I'm a big country and western fan. Luke Coombs and all, I like him. It's pretty cool. I just listen to music, mate. Yeah, I know it's just crazy. I just put it on, have a shower, play through the house. And it's like phew, I'm happy now. Do you like Jelly Roll from Country? Jelly Roll? Yeah, yeah. yeah Jelly Roll's my boy. Yeah, he was on the, you had him yeah, on, he was on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah he was, he, he, You with Jelly Roll and Brian Shaw have filled these chairs up very well, right? <laughs> yeah. There's, I think we're getting, the, the guests are getting bigger <laughs> and I'm getting smaller. I don't know if I need to get some wide angle lenses, particularly on yeah, me, yeah, tires. Yeah, yeah. But again, just moving off the, the military side of things, because I think it's very, such a powerful mentality to have yeah. such to have that chapter in your life. 13 years of dedication yeah. to, to the Welsh Guards. Again, something that you may not know about myself is I went to become, uh, in the I went to join the army, the Navy, Army, RAF, all fighting out for yeah. me. And Welsh Guards was going to be what I was going into and wow. they failed me on flat feet. The last test of all, which blows my mind. There was two tests. Yeah. I've said it yeah. so many times on so many podcasts, but there was two tests that they failed people on back then was glasses yeah. and flat feet. And I think to myself, the fucking quality soldiers they lost out on a stupid flat feet thing loads mate you know yeah. of course it was mate. That's just, um. and you were in the recruiting at the, at the very end of your serving yeah right? yeah did like two and a half years in i think just yeah about two and a half years yeah yeah if you talk to if you talk to anyone in battalion i was down there for like forever but it's because <laughs> it's the posting you want it's in cardiff it's in mainly barracks that was 10 minutes from my house mate it was a great job. What a convenience. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I went to sign off and get out, and they were like, oh, what can we do? I was like, send me to Cardiff. And they were like, ah, oh, cool. And I was like, usually like six months posting, yeah. but I got in with the boss down there, Kev Jury, and he was like, just writing these letters and saying, I was good. I was I could talk. I mean, yeah. If we were let loose, this podcast would be like 10 hours long. I, mean, oh, I know, but we've just had the, the the alarm of it being over an hour already. <laughs> but but moving on from the military, yeah. trying to get this podcast yeah. moving. Um we, we've now covered a small fraction, of course, you're 13 years, but yeah. you played rugby during that time. You played yeah. for high-level rugby yeah. for the Army. Yeah. You played against the best, probably some guys who've gone on to do some incredible things professionally. Yeah, Rock and Nguni plays for Bath. Bola plays for the Ospreys. Matty Dwyer played for the Ospreys. James Dixon. Lewis Beanie is up. I think he's with. He's in the Premiership. He's playing, isn't he? Maybe Gloucester. So I yeah. played all these guys. That, and the British Army Rugby Centre, it's like professional, mate. It's amazing. It is. You've got... Everything you could want as if it's a professional. Because Andy Sanger obviously was on the fringes of the Harlequins. I was in charge of the development squad. He was bringing all that to the army centre. It was a great deal. Like, you're a tracksuit soldier. But I did it for a while, but I never intentionally went to play sport. I was went in to do, just do a job. And then it was after the first tour. I was like, oh, you play rugby as well. And then I just play loads of rugby in the army centre. Like, boxing's the best man in the army. Yeah. There's Jack Marshman. UFC yeah. fight, he's fucking Jack. Yeah, paratrooper, mate. He's a stud. Yeah, he's a. I did that. He was on the recruiting team for a bit with me when we were in Bridgend. Yeah. He's from our neck of the woods, I think. Yeah, yeah I've, I've bumped into each other on Wine Street once or twice in the past. <laughs> Back in the old days. <laughs> but he's, yeah. He's, yeah, yeah go on, sorry. Oh, I was just about the army set up, mate. I played that level of rugby is professional. Yeah. I loved it. And then I was lucky enough to get done with Bridgend in the Welsh Premiership, played for Newport. I thought I was ever. I thought that was it. I played for Newport now, but then I was like, no, I was getting too heavy. The last game then was against Merthyr, and there was injury after injury, and I stayed on for a few minutes. There's a photo. I don't know, black and white photo, and 
my head's like, it's, well, I was about 150, mind, 150 kilos when I played rugby. Yeah, these are all fucking numbers. I have no clue what you're talking about right now. They're heavy. Yeah. 300 odd pounds, mate. Shh, for a rugby boy, it's yes, a big boy. Mate. There's, uh, there's a couple of photos. I don't know why I'm laughing. There's a funny story with this. Pete the Meat used to play for Scarlet's. He was playing from right? Dale McIntosh, the chief. Oh, yeah. I boshed him. There's a photo of me just, just before I connected with him. He's lying on the floor walking around. They're giving him shit. The man was having a heart attack. <laughs> oh, shit. I shouldn't laugh because I had fun. But Dale's like, why the fuck's he walking around the pitch like doing this? And like, he's just like going from ruck to ruck. He was having a heart attack. He had two stents put in, mate. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, no, it's not, it's not a funny story. I don't know no, 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 no. But still, But just like, like yeah. about the rugby and things. And yeah, it was just, that's just a crazy story. But that was my last game. And then Dale tried to sign me, give me a sign for Merthyr. As I walked off, I was like, no, I'm, I'm absolutely bollocks, mate. And then went in, Tyrone Jones then, who's the coach, I think he's still the coach of Newport. And I was like, you signing for us then, Gav, again next season? I was like, no. I was like, I'm officially retired. But and then I played one game then. We got to, the Philly got to the finals and we played Ammerford that Shane Williams played for. Shouldn't have been allowed to play from that game. It's the only game he started all season. And I was like, he can't be that good. He's... He's in his 40s. I oh, was still good. Oh, he's still good. He was the world's best player. A lot. Didn't they play that in Arms Park? No, it was at Millennium Stadium. At Millennium Stadium, yeah, I just yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, That's yeah. how oh, fucking my brain goes. Connected. Yes. Yeah, yeah and I remember him starting. I was like, that's a bit cheeky because he hasn't started any other game. But yeah. what a player. Great player. And yeah, that was my last game. That was literally my last game I played. We didn't make the. We didn't beat them. We should have. We whooped them. We didn't. And that was my last ever game of rugby, mate. And then from there. Yeah. He went fucking, oof, the cap yeah. was off. It How much weight did you put on from your rugby days to your strongman days? Oh, my God. There's a photo, I don't know if I'll be able to find it, of me in the team lineup, and it looks superimposed, but I'm like, like that. I'm about 150, maybe 160 even, I put 40 kilos on top of that, mind, as well. Yeah. So that wasn't even my biggest. There's a photo where the gym has just opened... Me and Simon stood there, side on. It's like I got a walk under my T-shirt, mate. It's like, <laughs> I got a bit of a belly now, but no joke, I was... You dig out for I was huge, man. But yeah. no, not good at all, mate. Yeah, but you, again, your mentality and talking earlier in the show was power equals mass. You know. Oh, I kept saying mass moves mass, but it just and then frustrating because I couldn't. And I was like, "What am I doing wrong?" I was like, "I fucking melted welly, mate. It was not good." I melted welly. <laughs> <laughs> That's a rain boot in the US. <laughs> like, What's How fucking translate? <laughs> Uh, so, so you managed to then the rugby days obviously were done and dusted. Moving on to the strongman, your first strongman was the novice, right? Were yeah. you, did you do that whilst you were in the military, or do you stay where you? Yeah, I was in the military. I went home on the weekend. I trained on the weekends in a gym called Parathletics. They were a great help, mind. Um, yeah. I'm not that's not a plug or nothing. Didn't mean to do that, but they had a great gym. And I went home on the weekend and won every event. <laughs> it was good. It was like England's strongest or England's powerful man, novice. I won it. Qualified for this other show, come forth of that. And I was like, no, I'm not going through the novice route as I'm getting quite strong. And the guy shouldn't, it was like a mistake on my part at the end that dropped me to fourth. Mm. And then I just went straight to Wales' strongest man and, and almost beat Ben Brennan. But he beat me like by one point. And I was like, qualified for the UKs. And then just, it literally just went from there, mate. Within two years, I was at the Worlds. What blows my mind, Gav, this is what going on to your seventh year in Strongman? Is that a six? This will be my, so this is my sixth year. This is your current sixth year? Yes, yeah, mate. Yeah. Which, when you think about it, right, in any fucking sport, any sport to become one of the world's best in six years is, is incredible. Considering that you your DNA wasn't focused on any of that oh. training style, being the military, running, playing rugby, there was, yeah, you could say there's some crossover lifts that could have helped you maybe foundationally. Yeah. But there was no purpose lifts focus lifts no you making that change over obviously you said the diet was no point but the training 
obviously was now focused yeah. blowing up that fast and and what is it was it uh, three years you were on the world you were in the world strongest man groups yeah so after after signing yourself up to full-time strong man yeah it was yeah i got the army and then i think it was like four months i'd won the uk strongest man and then I had to call up to the world. So it was the year after I left the army. Because I, what's great about it, and I think I don't think about it enough, there was people who laughed. I know for a fact there was people giggling behind my back and giving me shit. And then six months later, I become, or four months later, so I became the first Welshman to ever win it. Mm. And obviously, I went on to double it, which is an amazing, brutal show. But I won the UK's, and then a few months later, I had a phone call to go and go to the world's strongest man. And when you put it like, I haven't thought about it. Yeah, the first two years I was doing it, I was still in the military, so I couldn't let loose, I couldn't, and then obviously, like, pulling a parachute, in the sense I just put all that weight on, because where could I have been if I had done it sensibly, if I hadn't <laughs> gone so big so fast? But, yeah, when you put it like, that's oh, not too bad, is it? But what I should have quitted, right? I think yeah. one of the reasons why you're the fan favourite in, in a lot of these events is that you have this very likeable look to you, and when they get to meet you, the fans, again, I was... At the world's strongest man, you had a lot of fans that were yeah. going ape shit for you every time you left the uh, the tent. tent and, yeah. Yeah, and for me, again, I'm very prideful on on seeing that flag f- flown. <sighs> but then when there's somebody that's getting all this attention as a Welshman and it's not me, I'm like, you fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, you, you're leading the way, mate. You're one of the greatest bodybuilders of all time. Oh, thank you, mate. Yeah, I, I, yeah. And um, well, some of the words you're saying, mate, is unbelievable. But for me, it's hard for me to accept this. I'm sat here with you. Jeremy, I'll tell you, I'm a humble guy, though. And when I meet the fans, I get in trouble at Giants live shows for talking so much. Literally, at Cardiff, there was like 30 people left. And I just had a group photo with them. And then the woman's like, I send a photo to everyone. I was like, I'm so sorry, but this could all be over in a blink of an eye. So I think, was it Michael Jordan said, play every game as if it's your last game. So I compete as if it's my last ever show. I, it could be a lot, you know, we're very privileged that I get the do this for a job. So when I speak to fans and speak to people who uh, make the spokes, if it wasn't for them, we'd still be in car parks. I'm just a guy from Caffili, but yeah, I love it, mate. I love the sport. And uh, yeah, maybe that's why I do you know, get, you know, get a lot of attention because maybe I'm just humble. Some people just don't, I don't know, they, yeah, they're, they're arrogant maybe. They come across arrogant, don't they? But I'm not. I can't be, I think my father would let me like be arrogant. The way I was brought up, I had to be very respectful. So I respect mm-hmm. people. Like I'd be like to be treating myself. So, yeah, that's why I talk forever, because yeah. I just... Oh, because I like the sound of my own voice. I just... You, you can be dropped at a, at a split second, can you, when it could be over. So, yeah, just enjoy it. And that's what I do. I just enjoy the sport, man. I think the the testimony to, to most athletes that give back to their fans, that the, the fans would always be there when you retired. Yeah. You mentioned Brian Shaw. He's one of them guys that I look at from the outside in and, and say, he done it right. So not only yeah. was he a student of the game, but then he became a champion in that game that he wanted and put his whole dedicated life into. He's just retired. Obviously, he won his show. He promoted and pushed on. There's no bias there. He just genuinely won the show that he, again, but no, Brian's walking away from a sport where, to your point, it started off in car parks. It was in fields. And it's grown exponentially. Even since I've been a fan and watching it from the outside in, there was always the world's strongest man as like that pinnacle. But then all the qualifying shows, it was really based on the promoter and how much yeah. he was going to put into that show itself. Yeah. You've got, uh, you know, Darren Sadler, Shutter Darren. I think he's doing an absolute phenomenal job with Giants Live and what they're doing and packing out arenas and making guys like yourself and putting guys like yourself on a pedestal for the yeah. fans to meet. 
giving you guys a platform to show your true character, show what goes on behind the, the yeah. scenes, and then have the ability to talk about each and every one of, of your guys' stories because yeah. every athlete has a story. Yeah. Every athlete has got to the world's strongest man because of X, and it's normally because of driven trauma. Any one of us athletes that are at the top yes, mate. all have driven trauma. You have your driven trauma. I have my driven trauma. We use that to unlock, like I said, the Pandora's box to get through these big lifts, to get through the hardest of days. Yeah. And it's now, in the shoes that I'm in, I feel it's a, a duty for me now to showcase athletes like yourself and give guys like Evan Singleton, who's been on the podcast, yeah. Brian Shaw, who's been on the co- podcast, Mitchell Hooper, who's been on the co- podcast, all the opportunity to tell their stories. And each one of them is different and unique yeah. in itself. But they all believed that they were going to win. If not, now believe they will win. Yeah. And you're added to that list. Yeah, just, it is crazy. I would like, it's almost... When you talk to somebody, that's where we. I think that's where you connect so much with somebody like yourselves. I feel like I've known you for years. I could just have a, I could just have a cup of tea and talk. That's how it feels like. I just I was so nervous. I said, "This just feel like I said. If you can't do it, let's just go for a brew." Yeah. Even if it's come to the gym and just drink a protein shake and just chat about shit. We, we make so what we doing right now? Yeah. Just, Minus a protein shake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but when you meet these guys and you just talk and you get to know them, Evan uh, sent me a nice message with what happened, and then he spoke to me. Now, so I actually didn't. He said, I didn't want to message you. He said, I'd rather just talk to you. So I got to Colorado and we spoke. And he said, I know where you're going through, mate. And then... Can you tell the fans what, what we're talking about? Yeah, a few weeks ago. It's not even two months. My father was involved in a very serious bike accident. Guy just come overtake him on a blind bend and just smashed him into the floor. And he's 70 years old. He was 70 years age, sorry. And he was on a bike? Yeah, he was on a motorcycle, yeah. My father rides a, a sports to 1200. And it was a pretty, pretty big bike. Yeah, he's recovered. He's, he's suffered a serious injury. He has a bleed on the brain. That's why they couldn't airlift him from the site. We spoke about it earlier. They couldn't airlift him because of the pressure on the head, so they weren't too sure. Two chocolates were cold, one for him, one for the other rider. But he's tough. He's tougher than the bike. He's the toughest man I know. Hard man. Stubborn, I think his stubbornness has helped him. He refused. Remember I said he refused to give up, if that makes sense. Because this was crazy. We went shopping the other week. They won't notice. A Tesco. And a guy started talking to me at the, at the self-checkout. And I was like, oh, cool. Maybe you recognize me off TV. I'm not being big-headed. In Kefili, everyone. And even I was the car behind your father. I was the first on the scene. <gasps> yeah, and I had goosebumps. And Gemma was there, and I was like, oh, my God. And he looked. Bloodshot eyes, scruffy beard. He's like, I haven't slept since, mate. So I can barely sleep. You so, witnessed it, Gav? Yeah, he was the. He said I slammed on. And he said, oh. I can't get the image of your father coming off the bike. He said it was like a fucking war zone, mate. And he said the other rider... Yeah, but and I said, look, I said the best thing you could do is come to my gym because the boys down the gym love my father. And then as we left, I said, when you come and see my dad, but I can't seem to get hold of him. He messaged me on Facebook. I can't find the message because when it happened, I like I didn't have my phone for three weeks. I just almost like just put it in the in the house. I was like, I don't need that because Giants Live put a post out or said something at the live stream that I was meant to be competing at the time and I just couldn't. I just left the show the day before, so everyone was like, where's Gav? And then Colin Bryce said something. So the phone went mad, and I was like, no, I don't need it. But I said, oh, the best thing you could do is come and see my dad, because he said, I, I tried talking to your father, but he was unresponsive. There was a lot of, he was in a mess. I said, I understand, I know what But he's, apologies for talking. I said, no, it's fine, mate, trust me, it's fine. I, and he said, I just stayed with him. I stayed with him to the ambulance. And then a woman got out of the car and just held his hand, and we both stayed with him. And the police, the paramedics, and the ear meds, or the ear meds, just lems, like, talked to him. And I said, you don't know how much that could have helped, because the hearing is the last thing to go. 
And I said, he might just be lying there thinking, oh, this is it then. I can't hear nothing or just your car's passing by or something. I said, you talking to him might have saved his life or did save his life. Because he was unresponsive. I said, yeah, no, he was hit hard, mate. And he was like, yeah, he got it. The way it went down, it wasn't, it, you know, it wasn't good. But what exactly happened, Gav? Yeah, Carl overtook, hit his back wheel and just threw him into the floor. So the bike like flipped one way the other way and then threw him off the bike. So he broke his right foot, left hand, broke his nose, and then suffered a severe bleed on the brain, which is obviously still in a, still it's going to be there for the rest of his life. But the, the silver line, if you want to call it, that there was no surgery needed, so to release the pressure, which is good because uh, at 70 years of age, yeah. at 30 you'd struggle to recover or even survive something like that. But then he was on life support for, yeah, seven days. And every morning, I, I, the first fucking two days, I, I no joke, I didn't sleep. I got home, I sent everyone home. Even on the youngest, I sent everyone home myself. Fucking stay. Just my mother. I've never seen my mother so upset. It was like a fucking bad dream. I walked in. I said, "This is. A, I said, this is a joke." I said, "I'm gonna wake up." Jim was like, "Relax." I was like, "This is a fucking joke. This doesn't happen." Like, worst thing is, my sister didn't even know we'd been involved in a crash, and she works in. This is genuine. She works in recess and walked from one end to the other. I went, phone Jim. I just, I've just seen dad, and I was like, "What the fuck?" And then. I was expecting to go to Annie and have him laughing on a bed with a broken foot going, oh, look what fucking happened, or a couple of scratches and bruises. But no, Gemma grabbed my hand and said, we have to go to recess, Gav. So if anyone knows what recess is, it's resuscitation. It's the worst place you can be. It's where all the red coals go. And then as I walked through the doors, he was the first bed in the bay. Both sides split open to drain his lungs. Obviously, his head was bleeding. Toe was, foot was smashed to bits. So I sent everyone home. We stayed at about three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning. I just had to ask, is it good to go? I asked my, obviously my dad was unresponsive. I just thought, is it okay to go, dad? I didn't know what to do. Because people said oh, I might be easy to handle with my previous job. I was like, no, because my father wasn't at war with me. So I left, and then every morning they would ring at the same time, half seven, to say, it's okay, it's okay. And this through the night, that through the night. And there was one morning then where they rang at like half six. And I was like, oh, fuck, this is it. Because when that ventilator goes in, it's my dad's got COPD. It was bad for the lungs. And I said, this is it. And James was like, no, you'll be fine. They're just ringing, probably say he's had a bad night or something. And I was like, oh, fuck. And she was cheery as hell, the nurse. I was like, that's weird. They're not going to say he's dead if they're really happy. And she went, oh, we brought him off the ventilator. Oh, he, wow. He's fine. And, he, and then it was like, oh, he's asking for his wife. And obviously, he's very, he was like, oh, where's, my mom? You know, where's his mother? Uh, his wife, sorry, my mum. And then he asked about his bike, obviously. But that'll be, that'll be get fixed. I can fix that for him But if he ever rides again. But, yeah, that absolutely fucking sucked, mate. I haven't really spoken about it that much, to be honest. He's a safe rider, but you can't control what other people do. And 53 years, he's had two crashes he's okay he's in the house came home a few weeks ago and he's one of the things that's changed as well I compete I competed for my family now but I know sounds I don't want to get gruesome but I think it's my fault I'll tell you the truth because I wasn't there to protect him that's what I think uh, my wife hates me saying it my best friend Simon hates me saying it but he was out riding with a guy he doesn't really know and I just blame myself for it, mate. And I, I, it fucking burns me that I wasn't at the because when I got to the hospital, I have all this fucking size and strength and I couldn't fucking do anything. I just wanted to pick him up and hold him. I felt weak as fuck. Yeah, I couldn't help my father. I just stood there and I was like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? I, I can do, I can fucking flip cars, I can fucking throw stones, I can throw human beings, but I can't do anything to my dad. What am I supposed to do? I just wanted to give him all my strength and just reduced me to nothing. That's what I wanted. As if I could give him, transfer everything I had. It, it fucking sucked, mate. And it just burns. Gemma hate me saying that, but yeah, I blame myself for it. 
I understand I should have would have could I shouldn't have, shouldn't have, and the worst thing was I shouldn't have been at that show. I was on Knock and Giant's life. I chose to do it. I'm a fucking man, but I took it on like last like a couple of days notice. I would have been out with him. I know I would have been out with him. In my mind, I have to suffer. So when I lift, I hurt and I cut. I bleed. I fucking collapse. I believe I have to suffer until he's fixed. I never really said that out loud to anybody, but that's the mindset I've had. That's what I think about every day I've trained since his injury. I believe that I have to punish myself because I wasn't there to help him. Is dad on the mend? Yeah. He's never going to be the same man ever again. He will be lucky, he'll be lucky to ride ever again. Wow. So 12 months from the day you'll have another scan to see if how the severe the bleed is or if it's getting worse. But I honestly don't think you'll ever ride again. So my fucking process is that I'll just fucking make myself suffer just so we can, you know, because there's nothing, literally, I, I believe it's, it's nothing what he went through. So I know it might be a, um, a destructive way to fucking go about business, but Jem has never heard me say that, but that is how I see it because I wasn't there to help my dad. Yeah, it could have been a lot worse. I spoke with Darren Sandler about this, who was an amazing bloke. He went through the same sort of thing with his mother. I won't get yeah. into that, but he just said, when you're feeling shit, think how bad it could have been. I said, yeah, I do. That's why it burns, it hurts. I'm trying to get upset or angry about it because I'm fucking yeah. But my son should be there to protect his dad, like a dad would protect his son. I don't know. I don't know why I think that way, but yeah, I, I take it as my own fault because he shouldn't have been there. It should have been the Fridays usually with me. You come to the gym, but that time he would have been at the gym as well. So I get yeah. It's the way I have to be, mate. Yeah. I don't think that you should blame yourself. I think that there should be something taken from this and put into your training. I wouldn't flip this into more of a, a negative element. There should be a positive. Yeah. Because now you're doing it for other reasons, right? Yeah, the first session back was by far one of the best sessions. I didn't try, I couldn't train for a week. I couldn't, I was in the, as, as, like obviously the ward he was on, we couldn't just go in every day. It was like yeah. one hour a day because it was 24 hour care for him because he was on a life support machine. But so I didn't train for about seven days. I think I just couldn't switch off, couldn't sleep. The, my fucking headache was like as if someone was like squeezing. I know that's not much for what he, through, what he was going through. I was lying in bed, just like with my, just like staring at the ceiling. Like I, will fall, I was like I'm gonna fall asleep in a bit. And then the sun came up, and I was like another day, knackered through the day at the hospital. And then I just back to bed, and I just I will fall asleep, and I just couldn't for two days straight, mate. Honest. And then the session back when he came off life support, it, I was it was by far one of the best, probably the best session I've ever had in my life. Absolutely smashing things to pieces, and I was like, "Yeah," and it drives me. Like ever since that happened, I know it's yeah, maybe that is a positive thing because you have to focus on certain things to lift. Yeah. Sometimes it's, it's, you can't just focus on the weight. And like we said, we're a bit broken. I focus on it a lot, and it is literally a, yeah. Like I do it for different reasons because it could have been a lot worse. It could, could have been a totally different conversation. Absolutely, and, that, and that's what you got to really yeah see, see this as the again. The, the, the glass half full, you're right. We could be having a conversation that, yeah, not even going to say it, but, yeah. but but it didn't happen. Yeah, but now there's something has clicked inside you that maybe wasn't there before. There's a light bulb. There's there's yeah. something that's going on, and you're you're pissed off for greatness. You know? Yeah, it was. I, yeah, I don't keep saying that. I shouldn't blame myself. It's not about me. It's about my dad. But yeah, something just snapped. Yeah. I was like. He loves the sport. Like he loves what I do, and I he was he couldn't come to the show in Cardiff because it was too much for him. Like sensory overload. So my mother came, 
yeah, she was crying her eyes out. My dad was crying when I phoned him the day after. Just like, he was so happy for me. It was a great result. And going back to the Worlds, I was just like, it's for you, Dad. It's for everyone. But this could have been totally fucking different. It might not have even... Who knows? Yeah, that's, we won't go down that avenue. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But you were at the show when you had this news. I don't know if we mentioned this. Yeah, I was in London. So I was sat there. We just went for food. And it was just... I, just, it just, I know it's stupid to say hindsight because... Fuck, I hate saying that. Something felt off, and I knew I shouldn't have been. I said to him, I said, I don't think I should be doing this show. I remember I was like, It's last minute, the events are okay for me. I thought about Albert Hall, it's a great show, great venue. I've done it every single year, yeah. Um, it's, it's a cool place. And then when it, I said, I fucking said I shouldn't have been there, there was no one to blame but myself. But yeah, so that drive out of London, then two and a half, three hours was horrible. I just, ah, mate, I'm surprised I'm not speeding tickets, like it was. Excuse me, but it was the calmest I've been driving home. It's weird, mate. Like usually, someone cuts you up. Ah, oh, but it was just like mm. I don't know. It was horrible. I was trying to, yeah, say calm. I think I was just trying to just relax and not get into an argument with somebody because I'd probably be serving time now if I'd got out of the car or something. But oh man, it's like you never think it's going to happen when you read about him and see him on the Facebook and social media and on the news about this car crash. It, oh god, I hope he's okay. Mm. And like, that never going to happen to me. And you know the worst thing was? He was like 100 metres from my house. Oh, wow. Very cool. And he was on his way home as well. Yeah. Like he was going home. And this is what I got in my head. I was like, why were you going down? He never drives that way. He went on the back way to the house, not down the front sort of way, past the front of the shops. As, as your dad played an inspirational role in, in all you've done. Uh, yeah, he is. he is. He just comes to the gym and he he just sit there in awe. And he's like, what's that way? He's not an idiot. He's, he's a smart man. He's, he's sharp about He's just sharp as anything, but yeah, he loves it. Yeah, he's just like, oh, don't matter what you do, I still love you. I'll still gonna be proud if you come out. He's that sort of dad. Yeah, yeah, he wants me to win. He loved me playing rugby, loved me when I boxed the army, loved me when I was in boxing before I joined. Loved me in the army, he absolutely loved it. When you see me in my tunic, you see me in my two dress, getting back from operational tours, things like that. He was so proud. And now he's I'm even like, I'm bursting because like, you're a strong man and you were a soldier. He tells all his mates down the club about it. Yeah, he's a huge role model to me. If I can be. Half of what my father is, I'd be something special. Old school. It's old school. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't brought up hard. But fuck me. All my dad would have to just look at me and I'd be fuck up. But he brought me up right, man. I, I, I'd probably piss people off saying that, whatever. But yeah, fucking respect. Yeah. And he's one of the reasons why I do it. My whole family is. I do it for them. That's how they can say, oh, my son does this. Not to show off, but it's what my son does. And it is showing off. And then we all show off a bit. But, yeah, it could have been a lot worse, mate. Absolutely. Who else has been a, an inspirational role for you to get to where you are right now? It'd be my wife. Yeah. You guys have been together how long? Long time. <sighs> Check, count the grey hairs. Count the circles on the tree, I think. You're not doing yourself any fucking justice here, by the way. <laughs> no, but we met a long 16, 16 years, mate, we met. Wow. Um, so she's seen all the changes. Yeah, she was. Like, it was funny because someone shared the photo of me playing for Newport, which yeah. is a club local to me. And then someone said, it's crazy that you had abs in that photo. And I was like, yeah. And she was like, can you get them abs back? I was like, <laughs> maybe when I'm done. With generally, she's like, yeah, I see you look at Yeah, you're in fucking good shape there. And I was like, I'm in a shape now, but just a different shape. <laughs> More of a strong man in yeah. shape. Abs, ab, the abs are still there. They're just hiding. But They're just hiding. Yeah, my wife, she works incredibly hard. Yeah. And to see her do everything she does, and especially through COVID. Like I said earlier, everyone had their ass kicked in COVID. Everybody from... Yeah, from the the guy who works in the corner shop to the nurses at the top, lifting weights is not that hard when you consider what she what they had to go through for them three, three to four years. The department now is still on his ass. The NHS yeah. is on his ass as it is. Most people don't know what the NHS is, but National Health Service. Yep, 
And I always believe if that falls, Britain falls behind her because mm. it's the spine of Britain. So if, if me, if I have to struggle a little bit in, in lifting weights, that's okay when I see the wife get home from a shift. Yeah. Absolutely shattered and some of the things we talk about, I think we have to talk because it helps mm-hmm. decompress. Uh, for the first few months of that COVID, like a, it's like a tour of Afghanistan. Mm. Literally, the, and I just and it pissed me off when people said it was a fake thing. And all we had to do was just pop down to your local lane and just say, "Look what's going on here." Yeah, she drives me. She is stronger than I. I've said I say it all the time. Stronger than I'll ever be. Yeah. If I didn't have my wife, I, I fucking guarantee I wouldn't be a. I was fucking wild when I was young when we first met. Fucking fighting, drinking, and everything. Yeah, but she fucking sorted that out. Yeah, she is my life. God, so cheesy. Sorry, like to be like a little cheesier and straight yeah. out there. But yeah, I made a cry at the last show. I didn't mean to do that. But I'm trying to make you cry. It's fucking impossible. No, I'm, I got, I got, I got a swinging brick for a heart, mate. You're right. Thanks. You got a swinging fucking dick. It's all good. <laughs> I thought that was going to be the ending <laughs> sentence, and I was like, what is he talking about now? Uh-huh. No, no, but yeah, it is, mate. She's yeah. my life. She, I compete, so we can. Yeah, enjoy our life. We're going through certain things, but it's a good thing. Yeah, by the end of the year, things could be a little bit different as well. Yeah, or possibly we've got a really nice house we just bought. But it's because if I have to bust my ass in the gym and do whatever I have to do just to get the things we want, then it's okay. If it makes her life a little bit easier getting home from 12 hours of what they have to go through down there, I do it. So I do everything for her. Yeah. You guys have just moved into the countryside, right? Yeah, it's bed to us, but it's out the back end of it, and it's it is quite the house, mate. Yeah, it's not. I know it's not a mansion, but it's. it's done, I won't say it because you don't have to justify it, man. We live in America. Every comes on you and talks about all kinds of fucking things yeah. they've got. Yeah, but I just yeah, it's, it's, we, are, we are very grateful for what we got, and yeah. I won't tell the address because I, when I first moved in, I was so keen for it. I was like, oh, you know where that place Because people are like, I'm from bed or something. And I started giving the address. And she was like, we've just moved and you've got to fucking tell everyone where we live. And I was like, <laughs> but, oh, it's a lovely place, mate. And nice. I usually post photos of my cat. He's exploring the fucking land we live on now. Yeah. I've uh, seen you guys done a, a little Q&A a couple, of, a couple of months ago and that was your land, right? Yeah, so that's Beautiful. like the one part that is split patio. It was really nice. Good jacuzzi at the top. It was lovely. But yes. Scary at night, though. Yeah. Scary, yes. I'm not saying I'm scared of the dark. Just you fucking just did. We all know who wears the pants in your house, mate. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah, well, how, how, Gemma, how tall are you? 5'2". Five 5'2". Two. Five two, are you 5'6"? Yeah. Yeah, we all know. We've seen it, didn't we? We all walked in here. Yeah, we all know who wears that pants. It's all right, Gav. It's okay. Come and cuddle. It's only thunder and lightning. That's exactly what it's like. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's all right, man. We yeah. all know. Yeah. We all know. Um, but again, have some big things planned for this year, uh, and you're obviously you've got your sights set on the world's strongest man in the next couple of years. Yeah. What have you done to improve your strongman? And we'll end this with strongman training. But what lifts have you focused on more than any other? And also, what can we see now going into next year's world's strongest man? Is is more not more than my lifts. My lifts are, are almost the same. It's my conditioning. I was. I would, literally the first year, I don't think I did any, I did hardly any moving, mate. The only condition I would do was like stone lifting and sandbag to shoulder. So what me and my coach, 3D Strength Dale, have worked on is just dropping the weight and just get, moving my ass, mate. And I feel so much better. I have a complex where you think you're not big anymore. And train with big guys. They don't compliment you. I hit certain numbers and they were, they go, that's all right, mate. They're, like, they're not like, yay. I'm like, and that's what I get off. I'm like, what's that fucking 
good. I'm like, they sent me for a triple, and then I'm like, a log press, and I'm like, boys, is that right? And they're just like, yeah, no one pays it attention. I'm like, I'm not even fucking big anymore. <laughs> uh, generally, mate, I'll get them, I'm like, and I'll text the boys, like, can you just add the plates? Just make sure they read that, what I said. But yeah, more about, and also my mindset. Yeah. I, I was always positive when I started this, but the mindset and the belief that now I'm taking scalps, beating people on certain events, mm-hmm. more consistent, cons- consistency is key. If you're amazing at one and shit the other, you'll go from first to last, and you'll stay fast like, like that. Especially the world's strongest man, when second, like two, three seconds, will drop you out to the top three and roof down. But yeah. so just more moving, a lot more moving, more conditional, more. It's more structured, mate. Not just max out because you know yourself. If you maxed out four or five weeks in a row, you would hardly make it to the end of the year. Like she's like, max just got up. That's all my training was. I go and lift heavy. There's no structure. I'm just going around in a circle, chasing my fucking tail. And now it's. Dale on board I'm a coach Dale Phenomenal coach mate That's just gone Let's stop this Let's strip this all And it did When I first got me He stripped everything back It was like mm. 100 kilo log for reps I was like No mate Trust me And now it's I'm revving up This is no joke Revving up 180s Like tripling three, uh, 170s In my squat my, Everything's just moving Because I've worked on my conditioning He said see You had the power yeah. You just you literally didn't have the How could you work in engine terms Yeah you had a massive engine But a shite gearbox so I couldn't put any power down because the gears just the gearbox just wouldn't take it. And so now I'm fit. My gearbox is better, and now I can put all that power down. And I got two more big shows left this year with the World Tour Finals. So I got some unfinished business because what happened last time wasn't great for me. And I got the team strongest nation. So it was us going to whoop the Americans again. I love that series. It's a great series. It's awesome, man. You should come yeah. across if you see get across for it. Yeah, it does. I was watching the Giants lives with the unisex team. Yeah, that's uh-huh. the most yeah. oh, that, that yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. I love that stuff. It's great. Great camaraderie too. The, it was the like you can't say oh this is the best show. That's the best show. By far the best show I've done. I understand I've had better results because I've like, second yeah. whatever won this and won that. But it just felt awesome because the press was off because it was like one or two events. Mm. But it was like where everyone was acting with each other backstage. Like the Amer- I love the Americans, the way they are in their energy. It's just, I love it. Then Martins Lissis is their captain. Great human being. Mm. Not just a great strong man. Very rarely likes yourself. Just a, uh, not just, sorry, a great human being. You know what I mean? That's, yeah. Thank I mean, you, mate. I know okay. you're on my podcast, but keep the compliments coming. Yeah, but see, you <laughs> very rarely find people like yourself, mate, who are willing to help someone. Like, yeah, it's going to sound cheesy. And I'm, I'm not saying, I'll say this to your face without no cameras. Like, you, you very rarely get people like you who just a genuine human being, mate. Who have the passion you show on screen and on the social media is you. We've spoken about it before. So just let me come on your podcast when you've had the likes of Brian Shaw on you. So that's pretty cool. But so Martin Lissis, and he brings that to his team, and that's why they did so well. Yeah, we beat them, but that was one of the best shows I've ever done, mate. Do you think it's because that pressure is equally shared across the team? Yeah, 100%. It's not just, I need to win Europe. So the I world's. need to win, I need to win, and I'm, I'm carrying that weight. Yeah, it's eight of you to win one title. So yeah. it's like eight events or whatever events it is, six events. Some are singular, but you're going to go head-to-head, but you're like... If I lose this, Hicksy destroyed, smashed the deadlift in. Mm. He did a 360 for seven or eight on an axle. I was like, you mutant. So the pressure's off. Yeah, that's why. Because I got it. I was just like, oh, it's just the end of the show. It's just, oh, I'm not saying that because Darren Sadler might be watching, but it was a great show. But it was like, there's no pressure. If we, not like if we lose, of course, there's pressure you want to win. But it was just like, it was shared. Like you said, yeah. it was like, it was not just solely on me. If I fuck my event up and someone else does, it's kind of, ooh. Yeah. But it was a great show, mate. And it'd be awesome. And then that's it then. So them two shows, so. World Deadlift Championship, the World Tour Finals with the Log Lift Championship, which is the Max Log. And then, yeah, that'll be the last show. 
and then Liverpool before it. Mm. Then we get ready for the world's strongest manager, cool. which I've qualified for already, which I, I didn't know what happened. So I thought it was just first place goes to Giants Light, goes to the Worlds, and then they're selective. But then when I go on the podium at Cardiff, Colin Bryce said all three of us are qualified. I didn't know that. Yeah, qualified for world. Yeah, qualified for world's strongest man next year already. Twenty twenty four. Wow. Yeah. So that was literally sort of on the podium. I was like, yeah, second place. That's not too bad. Evan, yeah. Evan, great athlete. Mixed up all the way to the end. Second's not too bad. Yeah. Obviously he wanted first, but he went. Oh, great. <laughs> he says it's not too bad. We need second best in fucking Europe. Is that what it is? Europe's Europe's pretty strongest man, right? No, it was. Saints so lives. Uh, sorry. Yeah. It was the world open. So open, it's yeah. it's bigger than yes, yeah. Because yes. of course Evan being American athlete. Yeah. Of course. And then he just went, yeah, all top three have qualified for the Worlds. And I was just like, what? I thought only the first place got yeah. it. But no. I'm going to Congrats on that, mate. Yeah, so it's not too bad. That's not a bad start for next year already. Yeah. That's the pressure off. So when it comes to Britain's Strongest Man now, I'm just focusing on the show and not like, fuck, I've got to get on the podium because obviously you know yourself, you stress. Mm-hmm. That's where things go wrong. So I'm just going to compete now. And then the pressure's on the other guy. It's obviously Tom will be going back because he's two times World's Strongest Man and he's also with the results falling this way, this, going this way this year. But... The pressure's off, and I just compete for it. I just fight when we get the events. That's all I'm going to focus on. I haven't got to worry about, I have to get on the podium, or what about third, what about second? I'm like, no. Yeah. I can just compete and just go hard because I'm going back. The pressure on you guys. I'm, what yeah. is the timeline that you've given yourself to win the World's Strongest Man? Two years. I said it last year, but within these two years now, this year, I'll make the finals next year. I will win it. I know it sounds like not a feat test. I'm a realist as well as an optimist. Can you be that? I don't know, but... I gave myself two years because I just I don't want to shut the door after it and go, oh, I didn't make it and I'm 35 and that don't mean nothing in this sport, mate. Mm. Brian Shaw proves it. He's an absolute, for him to win his show, and i got to say, all the shit that people give him about his show, winning his own show, the strongest man still won is as simple as that. Mm. He beat everybody on reps, he beat this and did that. So, yeah, if Brian Shaw's going to watch this, fuck him. Like, he was an absolute, that's the biggest I've seen him. He's big. Scary big. Like, he yeah. put on these, See the deadlift he put on the, the trousers? It made him look bigger. I was like, how have you got bigger by putting trousers on? I was like, good God, man. But that is that is testament to who he is. I, I said in an interview that we have to pull this up that Brian Shaw would win. Sorry, I know you guys. The Brian Shaw, like media guys, I said he would win. Because I'm not sure what I heard it on. Maybe it's a, like a wildlife show. A, a lion is almost is always is the most fiercest at its end. So when they're about to get, because he was retiring, they're always the, like, the most savage at their end. He looked like a beast, mate. Nobody was beating him. Yeah, Tom did amazing to win five events back to back, but unfortunately the log cost him. He didn't get any reps, but you have to roll the dice. But it's that consistency, I guess, across the board, right? That one, yeah, one I event. I don't think I don't think he won an event, Brian Shaw. No. But he was just like, job three second. It was just like, with the accumulating points, because the guy who wins, because Evan, Tom Evans won the chess press, but then didn't do too well on the other events. So he was mm. top and then just went, like, ah. and then Brian was just like, and then, Got the power stairs and the fingers fingers. It's almost participation for him. But I was talking to Nick Best, sorry. And, and Nick obviously trains your great guy. You guys went shooting yesterday. Amazing. Nick is such a gentle giant, isn't he? But he was telling me that um, fresh off the press, he, he drove up to uh, Colorado to help out uh, with uh, yeah. Brian. And have you seen his car? He's got this fucking mini. I don't know how the hell he gets in it. Can you no, imagine? I haven't seen his car. He's got no. a mini. He has a mini. So him and his training partners all collectively come to the gym in, mini. in the mini. Nice. It, it looks like a Mr. Bean skit. Like a, um, and they're fucking, they're, 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 the suspension is maxed out to its full. But anyway, yeah. off the point. But he told me that Brian, in um, one of the last lifts, even though he, he, I think he had to get five, I believe that, on a chest press or something that 
un- incredible fucking contraption yeah. he created. Looks like Mad Max. He he only had to get a certain number and he pushed an extra two and tore his pack. Yeah, uh, we saw it on the day we went to the lake. Just boom, blown. It's bruised, bleeding already. It was. I don't know if it's right or left. Can't remember. But yeah, that's just a, it's an absolute animal, mate. Yeah, that's how you go out. You're talking about that lion, right? Yeah, because they're so because they know. No, I'm saying, you know, it's like, you know it's just coming to an end. So he's like, this is it. This will yeah. be the last time I deadlift, mm-hmm. competitively. But I said it in an interview. I said, you know what? I said I saw him earlier. Like, no fucking chance. Like humongous, mate. Mm-hmm. In great shape, so conditioned. And at forty, I don't want to knock him for his age. Of course, Jesus Christ can't. But man, if, he's a blueprint of a strong man. Yeah. And all like he's one of my idols, and they say never meet your idols. That's a lot of shit. I yeah. met him. I still haven't asked him for a photo. I can't. You asked me for one. I know. <laughs> I know, yeah. But we're Welsh, it's okay. Roderick, can you remember us having that photo with fucking Mr. Baywatch over here next to the fucking pool? Yeah, he, we get out to the... This guy comes out to the pool with his moustache and his long fucking mullet. <laughs> everything's just dripping off him. Like it looked like a, like, a, like a Calvin Klein, but it'll be uh, spelt with a K and ends yeah. with a C. Yeah, you know, the dreadful. The, yeah, <laughs> the Calvin Klein. But he came out of the, of the pool where all the strong men were hanging out the day that I arrived because you had that off day, right? Yes. We and did, yeah. we had a little bank that we had a fo- little cheeky fort and then Paddy got his hands on it yeah. and absolutely mil- me into a mutant. But... One one question, and when you were talking about Brian Shaw, have you got any aspirations to just get on a plane and come out and go into Camp Shaw and be around this guy and, and truly absorb all his knowledge? Because you is Gav Bilton in the UK, in Wales. You're only as good as the people you are around. Yes, you can be creative. Yes, you can be motivated. But that's self-motivation. Yeah. I truly believe for me to become who I become and became, I had to jump on a plane. I had to see who the best was. I had to size up who the best was. I had to physically be in the same gyms as the yeah. best of the best. Be- long before I even had the chance to train. But when I had the chance to train, this killed it in the gym. I might not have been the strongest, but I never got outworked. Strength came with maturity and strength came with time. And yeah. I feel like you are, I think you're just so humble, it's a fault. And yeah, I think yeah. that if you had the opportunity to just come over to the US and spend a month and be around some of these guys, just even if it's a mentality thing, yeah. it will rub off on you. Because iron sharpens iron, and you're at that cusp of truly leveling up. And I can see it, the fans see it, all the promoters I'm friends with all say it's big gavs you But I think maybe you just have to just come over here for a couple of weeks and, and just be around some of these guys just to yeah. to reassure you that, man, I am the best. I know I can be the best. We've you thought about, about that? Yeah, we've spoken about it, haven't we? About, like, we obviously mentioned moving. That's like a massive step. But I said I need to go somewhere where I ain't the biggest because I, 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 I keep knocking myself. I know about someone. I go to most gyms, every fucking gym in Britain, I'm going to be the strongest guy there. Yeah, I'll bump into like Hicksy or Bish, but still, nine times out of ten, whatever. But I said, and even Simon said, you need to go to a place where you ain't the biggest, mate. He said, yeah, you'll be the strongest, but not the biggest. And if I could sort something out, maybe towards the end of the year, I would definitely come out, yeah, and see and start my camp. If Brian Shaw would speak to Brian Shaw about it and just go yeah. and train with him and be, like I said, be around. Like, that was an amazing saying, Iron Sharpens Iron. I fucking love that. And be around Brian Shaw. You just pick up that mentality of, he is humble, but then when you hear him talk, he is, and the world's best. That's I, what I mean. Yeah, I love listening to him talk, because it's like, there's a humbleness, but then someone just, it just be like, and then he's like, no, I'm four times the world's strongest man. Yeah. D- it's, it's just a way, and then like, yeah, 
I need it because I when I say things, I go, oh, I don't want to sound big-headed. Yeah. And the boys are like, they're just like, shut up and say it. And I'm like, oh. But I'm, I'm this coming out here with something, definitely something I would love to sort out. Maybe I'll, me- uh, not maybe, I will message Brian Shaw. And if the wife would see fit, I would come out, yeah. And if you would have me, I'd stay with him. And he's got a pretty big enough house to... Brian's uh, doing all right for himself. Yeah, he's okay. I've, I've, <laughs> yeah, I've heard stories. Brian's still counting the fucking cash he made from the last show. I'm sure. Yes. But listen, all testaments and kudos and, and roses to Brian. He has earned his stripes in this yes. sport. He has truly become, in my eyes, a pioneer of the sport. And now his retirement is an opportunity for you to get that experience, get yeah. that knowledge, soak it up. But also, not only that, you can have maybe spending a couple of weeks here where you do one one week with Brian, one week with Evan, one week. I know the boys would love to have you around because you're bringing your strength to them too. It's, listen, this is not just a one-way street. If, yeah. if yeah. you're t- walking yeah. into the gym, they're looking at you, Scout, fuck me, help me out of this. Help me out yeah. with this. And then you're going like, okay, this is not my strength, but I know I can... Of course, yeah, for anything, yeah. hand, hand grips, fucking, you talk about tack earlier, all these small little things yeah. that you don't get from being in Wales, that you get from being around the best of the best, is where I feel that you will pick up points, pick up seconds, pick up whatever, just coming over here for a couple of weeks. Yeah, definitely, that will get sorted. Fucking hell. I just made some fucking thing happen. You, I don't know. Yeah. I've just given some some advice, but anyways. No, yeah, we'll get back and we fly out tomorrow in the evening, land Wednesday. I'll message Brian Shaw. I know there's a time difference, but I will get something sorted because it could just be a month. At the yeah. end of the year, nothing happening. I finish that show, fly out, and just say, look, like I said, travel around. They don't know. They don't live that far from each other either. No, no. And I love the trucks. Up, I'd hire a truck and it'd be, yeah, it'd be tough. But we've done worse things, so. I don't think uh, America is going to be tough on you, that's for sure. No, I think okay. you might be tough on America. But, yeah, I'll be okay. But anyway, Gav, we have talked you're off, and I truly want to say thank you for jumping in on some studio time here today. It's and, been amazing, and, thank um, you. Just talking about your story, getting you out to a newer audience, and, and for, for my audience now to start leaning into you and seeing what the remaining part of the year brings. And yeah. I'm... I'm fucking excited. Obviously, I've said it many times today. Selfishly, I see you flying the flag, and you got a. I said also, Big Gav is like the Chris Bumstead of strongman, <laughs> good-looking fucker with the mustache and the mullet going on. Yeah, so it's now, a trend. Yeah, yeah. so like you are the trendsetter. I haven't seen anybody else with that mustache and mullet. No, in, mate. In, can't, in, can't put it off, can they? So. No, no, I know. And you got the the shades too, which is your brand. Yeah, Pit Vipers, they're amazing, mate. Yeah, yeah we got to get you a sponsorship now. You can't be promoting Pit Viper without fucking Pit Viper <laughs> promoting your pocket. Okay, yeah. a little inside tip from Flex Lewis, but thank you um, very much. Great to have you here, my friend, and, and always this is a, a second home for you guys Thank when you're so here in Vegas, and I know that you guys leave out late tonight, right, to get back to sunny Wales, to yeah. back to Area 51. Yeah, that's where I'm my home gym, yes. Yep. And, and, the, and then the work begins. Yeah, back to it, I've had a week off, literally done nothing, I had one session in the hotel gym, just to get a pump on, that was it. And you fucking broke everything probably been in the last... Yeah, the dumbbells, like, went up like, I think it was 50 pounds, I was like, oh God. Oh God, my warm up. <laughs> yeah, Anyways, it was great. It, Thank you. Yeah. Do you want to anything you want to sign off on and promote, talk about before we we land the plane for the podcast? Gav, the the floor is yours. Don't be Mr. Humble Pie. No, no, no. You can talk. Thank your sponsors. Thank whoever you want to do. This is your platform. Go ahead, my yes. Friend. Just like to thank my sponsors, Silverback. Thank you very much, Dale, my coach, an amazing coach. Oh, 
Yeah, there we are. Thank you, guys. Yeah, Dale, you're an amazing bloke. Thank you very much. Simon Hammett, you're a fucking legend. Thank you, mate, for looking after me and keeping my fucking head cool. And for the past couple of months, you've been uh, a fucking lifeline. Thank you to my wife. She's over there. Just thank you very much. I love you loads. Come in the shot, Gemma. Come and say hello. Come on, yes, get it. Yes. Go on. You only do this for the Welsh. Uh, give the camera. Say hello. Right, bugger off. You've done. Yeah, good, 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 good. <laughs> Are you only even in? You only even in. Come on, stick it. You got to duck, duck down a little bit. Duck down. There we go. Uh, there we go. We got it. Get down. There we go. Uh, she's in the frame. It's all Perfect. good. And then also, yeah, if you want to see more content, just give me a follow. Gavin the Bull Bilton on Instagram. Yeah, and uh, new merchandise coming soon. Badoosh. Yeah. So new merch is dropping soon yes, on the website, which is yeah, what? Yeah, so we're building the website. So obviously just the link will be put on my page, on yep. my Instagram page. It's getting sorted this week. The guys who I work with are, are great guys at Cloud Galactico. They'll be fixing that for me. So yeah, new merchandise. Because I just usually sell it through my Instagram, but that was just getting a mess because so many orders. But the, the shop will be launched with the new merchandise by the end of this week, or if not, like early next week, because obviously if something happens, but it should be done. Yeah, very soon. And you're also going to be putting more content on the YouTube page, right? Yeah, YouTube. We had a step, a step with that due to what we spoke about earlier, but yeah, it would be like, we've got loads of stuff filmed and chopped up and ready to go, so literally when I get home, It'll be it'll be done straight away. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually get some extra footage out. You know, since you're you're the Dragons Lair, you, Gemma, you listening? You cannot get come all the way to the Dragons Lair and not have any Q and A with the Dragons Lair in the back. So we'll put a little Q and A questions together with the with the Dragons Lair in the back, and then oh, you can put that on your YouTube in the, in the future. That is amazing. Thank you very much. Of course, my man. Big Gav Bilton, the Bull. Signing out, Flex Lewis, straight out there. We appreciate you guys. Link, comment, subscribe, and we'll be back with. Big guests, not bigger than Gav, I don't think. No. But figuratively. But <laughs> in the next couple of episodes, guys, we're, we've got a lot of com- things coming down the pipeline. I want to thank you, as I said, for all the support. Season two has begun, and I can't do it without you, and I appreciate you so much. Flex Lewis, out.